11 o'clock comics episode 143 that was the gestation phase. We were just preparing for that. That's it, yeah, for, for the big time. That was the training. Chrysalis into this beautiful, multicolored being that we are today. That's right. Yeah. Figure with everything, I'm getting, getting, getting close to 500 or so, which, whenever I look at it, the CBS guys to do a thousand and, and to think how much fucking. Time I've wasted doing podcasts, <laughs> and oh. I'm just now getting to around 500. Wait That's a minute. Cool. What? You doing another show? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I was I'm thinking a, about that, dude. Actually, uh, Pete and Pete said it's 1,260 episodes they've actually Oh my god, dude. Yeah. We, we'll be doing our 1,000th episode when we're, uh, oh lord, Vince will be like 62. Yeah. <laughs> We do one a week. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> Fucking Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> no, by then you'd be back with them a couple extra times. Nah, I think, yeah, I can't Again. see that happening. He's like, hey, it's an all Batman episode. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Uh-huh, yeah. Flip me over. I am, buddy. I'm uh, done. High okay. five. Give me a high five. Dap mm-hmm. and I'll be, we'll be carrying the torch. That's okay. We need. We always. Every. They won't be around whenever we're sixty-five. Every armor, arm. Every army needs a standard bear. You got to rally the troops. What I like. That's all it is. That's right. Look at this. We got a long intro, which is good because we we're milking this a little bit. A little bit. A little bit, but that's okay. Right. Bringing out the primus. No, no. I'm doing something for Jason this week. And me. Nice. Yeah, a little bit a little bit for Jason, a little bit for myself. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Playing the Japanese hip-hop. It is hip-hop, but it's remixed hip-hop. It's like a mashup. Oh, sweet little Danger Mouse. little little Get Your Freak On. Ooh, it's nice. My neighbor. I, you. I, I was just going to say, yeah. That's why I did it. You're the man. I know. I know. Yeah. Did you remember it? Doing, doing that to uh, you know, kind of soothe the pain of his... Uh, Eagles. Oh no, 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 no. Hey everybody, look at this. Did I, I had a stomp on the football stuff. Good for what? you. Because <laughs> you're gonna make them all said, pissy well, before we you know, get... Jason's like football, football football's football's over. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the comics podcast. Yeah, that's right. It's eleven o'clock uh, comics <laughs> in the in the house. And I am Vince B. Yes, you are an uh, I'm the prognosticator. Christopher Neesman. Oh, we have titles. Dark, Ooh, dark I'm, I'm just surprised. <laughs> I'm crazy asshole. <laughs> Indeed, you are. And I'm Peter Pastepot Pete Petruski. No, you're not. You are Jason Wood. In this episode of Eleven O'Clock, Trapster motherfuckers. Eleven O'Clock Comics. I said oh, I'm such now. an idiot. Has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you, the comic book fan, can get you your uh, favorite funny books and collectibles at huge Wamba discounts. Get this: Doctor Solar, Man of the Atom Trade, the first one from Dark Horse of the reworked, remastered, and revived uh, parts of the Valiant Universe by Jim Shooter. And company, the trade retails for fifteen ninety nine, but you won't be paying that. 
you'll be getting 53% off if you get this through DCBS, $7.51. Oh, my God. The wow. first of the six-issue miniseries of Caligula by David Lapham. Fifty. Lapham, 50% off an Avatar book, unheard of, $1.99. So you can get, and Godzilla, the, uh, the Powell Hester Godzilla is, uh, 75% off, a buck, a dollar. Where are you gonna go? Where are you gonna get that for a dollar? Nowhere, but Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. And, huge, wave of Ennis's Dynamite uh, Boys comic. Mm -hmm. 35 cents an issue. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're wanting to either catch up on the boys or if you prefer single issues instead of trades, right. man, you can you can fill in a what it's it's what about like 20 25 issues of the boys for 35 cents a piece. Yeah, Hero Guys right? too. Yeah, it's that, yeah. that is it's insane, but it, it's very welcome and it's appreciated and it's makes me love them even more even though how, how how can you get that for even less than 35 cents if you're a first time customer oh there's a code there's a code mm -hmm. it's it's EOC8 if you oh. if you gently slide that into the slot you will get an extra 8% off your already insane discounts extra 8% take these books please that's what they're saying there you go discount comic book service dcbservice.com the best Woo. that's right uh, you all, you all should be drinking like hot cocoa and 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 um, warm whiskey stuff because you're all on the East Coast and you're all you're Skype you're skyping in from your little wussy snow bunkers right now, right? Look at you with the with the big balls. Uh, uh, we didn't yeah, get hit. I don't. Balls. I can't say I can't speak for Jason or David, but we didn't get hit that bad. We got about five inches. Oh, I mean, you got eight inches, but uh, it's not that bad. It was uh, pretty manageable. Yeah, okay. it was powdery, fluffy snow. It wasn't that wet mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. It's like snowpocalypse two is what we were seeing on the uh, on the news out mm -hmm. here. It's like you guys are getting hit pretty good. So what did you, you get, know, David? I, uh, probably about a foot, but it wasn't. Yeah, I went out. Yeah, I went outside and 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 shoveled, cleared off the car, and pretty much the one time. And then I went out a little while later and, and threw out the ice melt. And I I was expecting to go out more based on what they were anticipating. And and, and smartly they closed the campus and and told us all to stay home today. They did that nice. yesterday afternoon, so this way because Friday, when the last time we got hit, which was last Friday, Rennie and I called in a day and and didn't bother to go in and we were watching the people on on the streets on the news and everything and it didn't look pretty so we weren't going to risk it again even oh if they didn't God. close it so definitely yeah did you measure the snowfall in that that special way that you like to <laughs> <laughs> dipping my balls in it yeah <laughs> oh boy chris all right let's, let's, get, let's, let's get to the drink roll call <laughs> <laughs> Until we start talking about King Dap's balls, it's He's mmm. That's that's scary. All right, man. Why don't you kick us off? Maybe we should change the name of the show to Eleven O'clock Homoerotic Comics. I and you're probably gonna you're probably gonna you're probably gonna riff on that when I tell you what I'm drinking. I am drinking Smirnoff Ice Green Apple Bite. This stuff is delicious. I wow. love it. <laughs> That's a very summer. I, I love it when you get in touch with your feminine side. Yeah, it's cool, I dude. See, what, what is that about? I don't get that. It, it cool. tastes, Do you have a Brazilian today, too? Or? It tastes good, though. <laughs> no, I had a Japanese pancake. <laughs> 
But I mean, it's you no, know, it's really shut up, David. It's really tasty. And <laughs> yeah, uh, see, it uh, so what? How can you well, we'll uh, associate you Chicago? Don't we? how, how can you associate femininity with something that's really tasty? I mean, it's a no, drink. I mean, that's, oh, yeah, that's, 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 yeah. That's, that's, that sounds like a, that sounds like a nice, a nice, refreshing on the back deck I, summer drink. I, you I, know, but hey, something that you'd been drinking. Y'all can go to uh, hell. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah, the, I had some uh, some golden monkey. Over the last week <laughs> oh, or so, that, stuff's great. that shit is good. Yeah, but you're right. Damn, it's like ten percent alcohol. I know. For whenever, for, whenever for, I have the golden monkey, I get really stupid. On I know. Show. More I'm stupid. Buy you a case and have it delivered. Uh, David, how about you? Uh, Citra, product of Italy, Merlot. So you can drink wine and you don't say foo foo on him, but you, I drink something with apple in it. And I get <laughs> like you, that. Or you He's drinking the Merlot. Merlot. <laughs> I just I mean, every time that David. Says says that he's drinking Merlot. I think of that scene out of Sideways, and that, that makes me giggle. That's true. I mean, at least if if David was drinking, uh, you know, a rosé or a white, <laughs> white Zinfandel, yeah, yeah, then I'd have issue. But mm-hmm. that's a good hearty red one, um, Mr. Wood. How about you? Well, I'm coming through for you, Chris. I, I'm sitting here. I have a cup of coffee, and next to it, I'm sipping a rather hefty sized glass of Jameson Irish whiskey. Nice. That's nice. nice. You can even mix those two together, and you'll be you know all right. you can. I'm just not a huge fan of that. Like I like yeah. to, se- to separate the tastes, but yeah, yeah. you're not yeah. a big Irish coffee fan. Nah. You know, I like a little Jameson um, in uh, in black tea. It's pretty tasty. Oh, yeah. Hmm, yeah. Never heard that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Some black tea with a little little Irish whiskey in there. Very very tasty. Yeah. Uh, I like a little Jameson in the bed. Jenna? Yeah, yeah. Now you're talking. I'd like, uh, I'd like the that era of Jenna post the meth addict, but yeah, the, the yeah. third boob dub. Yeah. Oh, she got him. She got him. Put him back in. Well, I mean, really, any time after that is really a mess. So yeah. she still has a pretty face, though. <laughs> yeah, it's getting a little rough, though. I think that's all right. It's like Chasey Lane. Well, I remember the first. Right. Chasey Lane was the first adult star that I real, like where I realized there was this vicious cycle of. You know, they start off in the business, they get some notoriety, you see them, you're like, wow, and then they Super just hot. slowly but surely destroy themselves. Yeah. <laughs> how's, Tra- how's Tracy Lord's hold oh, up? Like your grandma. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. She was great in the first Blade. So awesome. You know, in, I, I like her. You remember the, the show on uh, on Sci-Fi Friday nights back when when Sci-Fi had some decent. Yes, I mean, way uh, back when. Um, it was the uh, fir- first wave. Was it first wave or? Yeah, because he was he was kind of like a descendant of Nostradamus or something. It was. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that was a that was a cool show. That really I, was. That was yeah. That that was good stuff. And whenever she came in like third season or so, she was actually pretty good. And that was you know that was like her big you know TV debut. And she was actually she was actually pretty good on it. Um, anyway, I am I'm having a uh, 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 from the the wonderful Great Lakes Brewing Company in uh, in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm having their Edmund Fitzgerald. It's their, oh, their uh, you're a wreck. You're a wreck. It's a wreck. It's a wreck. It is, uh, but it, it is not a wreck of a beer. It is a beautiful um, porter from them, and uh, pretty much everything I've had from uh, from Great Lakes is uh, is pretty damn good. That's uh, uh, those folks in Cleveland can make some pretty good beer. That's uh, that's about it. Not that it can't make you know football, baseball, or basketball teams very well anymore. But uh, but the oh, beer's boy. pretty good. Mm. Wow. Uh, so there you go. and I was actually I was listening to a little Gordon Lightfoot 
um, before uh, before we got on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll wreck the Edmund Fitzgerald. I know. I know. Uh, before we we get into the 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 new stuff, I want to go back to last episode and just uh, give my two cents on something and hear David and and Jason gasp. Yeah. Is that the one that Jason say. and I were on? I did. Oh no! No, 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 no. was the one you and Jason were on, but it, but but I did read the second issue, and, and after you finish that, I, I want to give props to Jason. So after you kick him, I'm gonna prop him back up. All right, we're. Well, I'm not kicking anybody. I'm not. Uh, I'm not, especially especially. Well, you're wrong. It's all good. Especially John Byrne, because after the fallout, when you guys were jumping on Next Men number one, pretty not not very heavily, but you did you did give him his blows. And I'm thinking, man, this is going to be a huge pile of steam and doo-doo. Uh, I read it, and I, I honestly said to myself at the end, I, I don't, I don't see where the where the derision or the the uh, the dislike comes from because I thought it was a pretty solid first issue, all things considered, from a book that ended what 15 years ago, around there, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, I, I, the things I, I really liked about it were obviously the drawing and the storytelling. The man still has his chops, can still draw attractive women, can still draw facial features, uh, in various states of, uh, ver various emotive states, like, unlike a, a lot of current contemporaries. He really has a knack for displaying the character's moods really well. Uh, I, I enjoyed that. I thought the storytelling was great. Some of the, the, the splashes, like when uh, Jasmine goes out on the ledge, that fifth element-ish yes. um, sky scene. Well, it, it did look a lot like fifth element. I'll give it that. But everybody has their influences. and So and, it would look like the ankle? And, uh, but <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. And another thing I really... in the lawsuit. I, I know, and I really liked the ambiguity of the narrative. Where was the reality? Which one of these things was was the continuation of the old series? Could be one, could be all, could be none. Which w I I like that. I like not knowing. Could all just like, be located with a snow globe. Like the characters, I uh, these these characters are thrust into a, a very ambiguous state. Nobody know. None of them knows exactly what reality is because they've been in that that uh chamber for however long they've been thrown into a bunch of different situations and um I, I, can you tell me what exactly because now i know i'm armed with information based on uh, my reading of this i i, I want to know why you guys thought this was so unlikable what what about it Again, Did, like didn't we cover it, that last week? Did yeah, we but in 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 short, how is this a, a train wreck? It it reads like a John Byrne comic to me. Um, why? Well, I, <laughs> I I uh, well, I guess that's where we just disagree. I, I to, uh, number one, I, I don't think I don't know what read like a John Byrne comic means in today's day and age. But well, it reads uh, right, like, more specific. I, it reads yeah. like an issue of Next Men. This is no different from the stuff I've read in the past, and. I've enjoyed that, so it stands to reason. Well, I, if you I remember one of my main criticisms that I felt like I was a comic straight out of the '80s, so you're pretty much agreeing with me, it's just that it didn't bother you, it bothered me. See, uh, again, it it reminded me of a Valiant comic, which is a mm. uh, a huge compliment to me. Very well, wordy, maybe, but <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that. Uh, I, 
like like Jason, it's not a lot of it felt felt eighties. Um, and and with me, it's 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 mostly the cast. I I get it that you know it's it makes sense in Burns' mind to have the characters look this way, and and but I kind of want a little bit more than that in in uh, in my comics. The the thing I think with me is that since you stuck with Next Men for so long, and I didn't, um, maybe I forgot what I missed. Maybe because I was able to walk away from it without really feeling like I was missing much back when it first started. Um, there wasn't really a hook to get me to continue with this. After reading the first issue, I basically felt okay, I still like John Byrne. There wasn't anything really offensive in this issue, but I didn't like... And and I referenced Halcyon, whereas with Halcyon, I wanted to get the next issue, and I wanted to continue that story with next time. And I was like, if I read it, I read it. I'm in no rush. And and after Scott mentioned how the second issue was a huge improvement, and and I agree with him, um, there's still... I like seeing John Byrne art, I just, this really isn't, I guess, the, the John Byrne story that, that I want to read. Wow. And, and for those and for those John Byrne fans or those Next Men fans that, that are digging it, then, you know, hey, I'm, that's cool. It, it doesn't, we, we all have our things where one of us loves and the others may not so much. But, you know, if, if it's cool, you know, and, and keep telling me about it, dude, as, as you read the third and fourth and, and issues and whatnot, if I get to read those, fine. If, if I read them later, no big deal, but I'll listen to you to have, um, you know, <laughs> if I'm missing anything. Now, now when you say the, the, the costumes, are you talking about that phase where they all believe themselves to be superheroes? Not just that. Uh, oh, okay. not, not, not when they signed on with, with the Stan Lee on the log and, and they became superheroes, but when, with like Jason and I mentioned last week when Braun was wearing that ridiculous getup with, with the metal and the brace and, and like and the headgear and, and, and skin mm-hmm. with huge eighties old people. I can't see sunglasses. <laughs> it just, it, it was, I just, I kind of seen those I, on someone since turbo and ozone, <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but there's a neat way to explain that away being that, you know, aside from the, the conceptual hook of them representing superheroes with stan lee uh, like th- what their idealized vision of what comic book superheroes should look like this is all the, all those costumes were pulled from the imaginations of the the people wearing them like look at danny's his is as yeah. kitschy as you can get and he's a kid true you know and I, look at the end of the day you know this better than anyone when you read a comic it's a visceral experience mm-hmm. and I, you know i don't <laughs> It just didn't. I read it, and I had just talked about Burn a few weeks before that in that Star Trek book. I I read it and was, I think David summed it up best. I I I read it and said I could. If someone hands me the second issue, yeah, I'll read it. But I am no way, shape, or form this with all the books I read each month. This is in no way something I need to keep buying. Just wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, so it doesn't mean I needed it. It just means no. it wasn't. You know, it didn't make the cut. Yeah. Right. I will continue to buy it. So there you go. Thank you. Please do because right, I, sure. I want to know about it. I, I would Respect. like to still still hear about it. And I, I want to thank Jason for turning my mood around yesterday and oh. and starting a thread that that I absolutely adore. You're welcome. That was for you, you, baby. 
Uh, and where where can they find this this thread this turnaround thread? That thread is at uh, forum doublepinbulletinspodcast dot com or bullpinbulletinspodcast dot com slash forum or eleven o'clock comics dot com. It's been yeah. a lot of fun so far too. That thread, don't you think? It really has, man. Yeah. It's and I, I haven't had time to sit down and actually write up a couple of the ones that I have in mind, but I'm well figuring everybody's thoughts. May, on it. May, maybe it's maybe it's a good subject for this week. Maybe we could. Do an audio an, an audio excerpt from that thread. Cool. Do it up. Yeah. You want to or not? <laughs> well, why don't we? Why don't we? Why don't we save that for for midway through? We got to get through the current stuff first. What what That'll did everybody? Way. All right. <laughs> what what did you guys enjoy this week? Nothing. I, <laughs> see, it's, it's funny. It's, it's not funny. some comics suck. Because it was a Marvel week for you. Uh, it was. It, it, I don't put that. You mentioned you mentioned current, so I'll wait on this. I like Jason. Am, am enjoying, even though it's on the second issue. Um, Batman Incorporated. Oh Jesus! Nice. Back to Gotham. Back to goddamn nice. Gotham. I want to talk oh, about you're, you're gonna, Batman. <laughs> you're gonna you're, you're gonna hate me because. I don't hate time. you ever. I don't know. I'm saying you're going to hate my, my train of thought here because not only Batman Incorporated, but since you asked well, uh, during our Christmas episode if any of us have read um, Batman The Return, I did. And I also read the David Finch written and penciled The Dark Knight. Jesus. Dude, karma to you because I wanted to talk about Batgirl and Batman and Robin. Oh, go ahead. I'm going to put myself on mute. That's awesome. There's still some good stuff going on in the Batverse. All right. Now, just uh, enlighten me. Is Batman Incorporated the one that's written by Morrison? Yes. Yes. Okay. He, let, he switched let's... from Batman and Robin over to Batman Incorporated. Okay. And who's who's drawing that? Uh, Yannick Paquette. And Ooh. I think by uh, Lacombe. Michael Lacombe. Nice. And, what, and that's the whole... Um, obviously incorporating the Batman. Batman uh, of the United Nations. Yeah. yeah, okay. So so what's so good about that? Batman's gone international and he's funded by the, Wayne. The art is, uh, is because Yannick Paquette has a very Kevin Nolan-esque style. And, and there are definitely pages here where you would swear that, that Nolan touched them. And That's definitely not a bad thing. No, it is not. And, and he draws a kick in Selena Kyle. Uh, yes, he, he, uh, I I like the interaction between uh, Selena and Bruce. It's it it's a Morrison book, so I'm really not. If as I'm reading it, if if I miss something, I kind of chalk it up to I'll catch it again later, or the second or third read through, it might make more sense. I'm not really, I'm not enjoying it. Because it's a Morrison book, I'm enjoying the visuals. I'm enjoying the idea. Um, I, I don't dislike Morrison, but there are just some times where he writes where I'm just like, okay, I'm just I'm not getting it yet, but it'll hit me when it hits me, and, and, and you know, you'll shit bricks when you see it, kind of thing. And it's um, it's just it's it's neat because it's it's a different. I didn't read all of Morrison's run, so you know, I didn't read really the first. I, I didn't read where we were introduced tonight in Squire and any other Batman of, of, of the nation. So this is um, this is kind of my first dealing with this. And, and mm -hmm. it's, it kicks off with Bruce and Selena in, in Tokyo, Hong Kong. And um, they're going to find 
Mr. Unknown who's going to be the Batman for Japan. And it, it's just, there's some crazy ideas. There's a guy who, uh, Mr. Unknown's enemy, is rents the, ba- rents the apartment underneath the uh, our hero so he can flood it and put a giant octopus. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, so, I mean, yeah, that's the same. It's just, it's, it is. It's 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 crazy. It's it's just so for me. It's it's something different when it when it comes to the comics that I read. It's like all right, you know, I've I've read Heroes for Hire. I've read Punisher. I've I've read Amazing Spider-Man. Now let me just read something that's completely off the wall bonkers, and and that's where it comes in. And it's it's crazy, but it's still in the Batman universe. So it's it's kind of the best of both worlds. And and I definitely credit Morrison with that. But again. It's it's because of the art that I'm I'm really excited about reading the, this as as it comes out. It's probably Batgirl. I'm probably going to get in uh, in trade as often as, as they're solicited. But because I, I, I mentioned the first trade, I loved it. And um, as far as a Batman centric book, uh, I think Batman Incorporated will be the one that I'll be sticking with. That I'll want to read month in month out. Mm-hmm. And that is. Is Bruce or no? That he's is Bruce. He's, yeah, the one, Bruce is... He's, he's the one flying around getting the Batman. Oh, so he's a recruiter. So he's not, yeah, he's he's basically the recruiter, and and because our Batman, the one that we're used to, that's still in Gotham City, that's 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 Dick. So wow. this way, yep. this way, Dick and Damien can stay Batman and Robin in Gotham, or I guess as far as the United States, which I like. And, and, right, and then Bruce can go in and recruit the others. Hmm. So what's this Batman the Return? No idea. That was the Grant Morrison, I guess, culmination or or, or the the epilogue of um And then this is a one shot through time. Yeah, this was a one shot. Yeah. I, I guess this follows Bruce Wayne or the return of Bruce Wayne. Because I, oh. I didn't read that. That so was the is, uh let's set the table for everything that's about right, to happen. One exactly. of those issues. And it's the one where I started a thread where I, I did enjoy the book. I, I thought the the um, the art was good, especially the little nod to uh, uh, year one and in the first few pages. Although told from a bat's point of view, uh, it's it's when Bruce comes back from uh, kind of the first time he actually meets Selena, although he doesn't know it at the time. But he's he's um, he's dressed casually and he's going through the city and he, and I. I I think he was trying to stop uh, the pimp from beating on Selena's ward, but um, or her, her her protege. But he ends up getting stabbed, and and he staggers back to the mansion, and that's when the bat comes through. If if you remember the Miller Kelly story, and and this time you see, you just get it from the bat's perspective, and and uh, and there's Bruce saying that you know that's that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll become a bat, and it it's uh, it sets up. I guess this introduces a couple, or at least a new bad guy. I'm, I'm guessing it introduces him, Leviathan, who um, who wants to make Batman's life miserable. Uh, it, it does. It really does. Set up, it, it's kind of the zero issue to Batman Incorporated. Yeah, I would say that's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does. It does break down how Bruce wants to. Um, leave everything he, he's explaining that Damien doesn't listen to him he won't he, he and Damien 
go and infiltrate uh, a, head, uh, a lair, and Damien goes and, and runs off and does his thing, and, and Bruce has absolutely no control over his child, and he decides that, you know, you can't be my Robin, and it's basically because you can't be my Robin because you're going to stay Dick Grayson's Robin. So yeah, That's all because Damien wasn't breastfed. Uh, if, if if Talia breastfed him, that could be hey, really hard. I, I, I think the I think the the Damien and and Dick Grayson Batman and Robin team is awesome. I I, yeah, I, hope, I hope they keep it together for as long as they possibly can because it, the dynamic between those characters is something I really enjoy. Damien is turning into my favorite DC character. Wow. It's crazy. Every time, he, every time he shows up, he's such a little shit, but he's a little <laughs> badass. And there's there's a redeemable factor to him. I mean, he's had a pretty effed up upbringing, but he's a good person. But he's a little shit. Yeah, but yeah. he's a badass. Right. Well, also too See, the great funny. the fun yeah, character. The cool thing about Damien is that he really is the the pinnacle of in the DC universe of that could go either way and whichever way he goes it's going to be really really impactful right like you know Talia is convinced that he he's just this this obsession with Bruce right now is just a dalliance and that the prodigal son will come to terms with the fact that he's really Rayshaw Gold's you know heir and that you know she even says in one issue of Batman and Robin that um you know it, he'll be running across the world like Alexander the Great in the next century you know like so she like she you know she's convinced he's going to rule the world and uh and he's got that potential you know but the issue is will he learn enough in terms of being good from Bruce and Dick to never go that route or will he ultimately just end up being you know what could be the biggest baddie in the DC universe anyway which is awesome you know because the kid's what 10 in the book yeah. he's 10 years old you know it's awesome yeah you know it it could it could be um um this is a James Robinson quote where he talks about, you know, Jimmy Olsen and talking about that character. And, you know, he says, you know, in the 20 years in the DC universe, that will never happen. You know, Jimmy Olsen becomes the the editor in chief of the, of, uh, the Daily Planet. You know, it, it'll be interesting to see if that's what it's like with Damien. Will will that be the twenty years of the DCU that never happens, or will they go? Will they like actually threaten to go down that path and and take him out of the role of Robin and have him do other things? It'll be it'll be interesting. And, and I and I my guess right now is that he's going to be Robin for a good long while because he's fun. He's a fun toy. In you know, in the toy box for writers to play with. I I, I can imagine um, writers really enjoying working on that character. So I you know I I hope he sticks around as Robin for a long time. Who who, who said that quote? Robinson. Uh, James, James Robinson. We were we were, we were um, talking oh, this is a couple years ago when he was in Chicago and he was talking about that Jimmy Olsen special that he wrote and and you know he you know he thinks of. Um, you know, Jimmy Olsen would, you know, if if time actually passed, that that he would, you know, one day become the editor in chief of the Daily Planet, and and he phrased it as, you know, in the twenty years that will never happen, and I always thought that was a, an interesting way of phrasing it. That's cool. Hmm. The um, the the return ends with. Dave A and I were kind of going. He, he's he posted 
his thoughts were a lot more clearer than mine were. It, it um, if you're if you're familiar with the Batman universe, then this was a good issue. You you would have gotten something out of it as a jumping on point or or a um, or something to to whet your appetite. I don't know if that would if if this issue really did. I mm-hmm. I thought it was neat enough because I said I wasn't you know after Darkseid zapped them. I read the first issue of, of his time travel caber because Chris was going on about it, and I, I didn't read the rest of the miniseries, and I didn't I didn't read the Return of Bruce Wayne or anything like that. So this is really my first time going back to having Bruce in a comic book, and you know he definitely felt like Bruce Wayne. It read like Bruce Wayne. I had no problem with it. Uh, the art was was neat enough. It wasn't. It, it was David Finch, but it was um, it was Matt Banning or Bat. Who is thinking him in this? And nice. It's it's, uh, it's Scott Williams links him in um, in the Dark Knight. I think the I think Williams fits him a little bit better, but um, but it's still and and it's and and the last few pages of the book has uh, sketches and and costume designs and a script to art layout of um, of how Grant writes his pages and, and how Finch went ahead and, and, and did them. But, uh, it, See, that that kind of stuff, Any anyone other than, say, Morrison or Alan Moore, I just skip past those, those script pages. Like Back Matter really? stuff? Yeah, yeah. Me too. But, but, but if, it, if it's like, you know, the Uber writers, like Morrison mm-hmm. or, or Moore, I, I want a, an insight onto how those guys work. I'm with you, Vince, so, yeah. yeah. Generally, I'm yeah. not a huge fan of Back Matter. I don't watch DVD extras or commentary tracks i don't usually get into it but but if it's it has to be rare rare exception it'll but but yeah those guys definitely make the cut for me i'll i'll, I'll yeah. read what they're thinking yeah. cool yeah. but uh now, well, now any any of those books 399 is is uh, the finch uh, book i think the finch book is 399 right i don't know i'm not reading that one i'm uh, guessing that that's going to be robin's 299 that girl is 299 um the that, first was, issue of incorporated was 399 i don't have the second issue in front of me I'm guessing uh, they're going to drop that down to two ninety nine, right? In yeah, light I, think of so. the, I think so. That's awesome. That's great. If it's it if is. it's a twenty two page comic or what twenty mm-hmm. page comic, and they're yeah they they had that rule the press rule well not even a press release they just posted it on their blog that um, they're they're keeping the line if it's right. if it's a twenty you know a twenty or twenty two page comic whatever it is um, it's going to be it's going to be two ninety nine so and, and that was the uh, that was the positive thread that David alluded to earlier in the yes. show where I I said you know I'm proud of DC for doing that good on them that was a thread it wasn't the thread oh okay. But that, the yeah. thread was 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 started by Jason yesterday. Your thread was today. Jason's was yesterday. Yes, right. right. The thread he's referring to, Vince, is uh, is is uh, why I like thread. Uh, right. I, uh, yeah. I, I knew. Yeah. Like, right. You know the the subject I was going to try and bring up that you. No, <laughs> I didn't say. That. I just think that's a that's a that's a better. Enough. What do you call the football game that, after the halftime? That, is there like a name second, for it? That's good second half. That's like the black. There you go. That's good. So yeah, I mean, um, just in keeping with the bat love, Vince, I know you're giddy. I'm dying to hear um, about Batgirl. Yeah, two things. I had mentioned. uh, I don't know if I talked about on the show, but I did mention I was a little frustrated with uh, the the lack of availability for recent trades uh, for DC proper, because Batgirl has gotten rave reviews from just about everybody I know that reads it, Mm -hmm. and. Mr. DAP himself, who is a very discerning Bat fan, it seems like it doesn't take a lot for him to 
punt the bat book. Um, so he loved the first trade. So it's definitely been on my radar, and it just seems like it keeps building this nice little buzz, and it seems like it's one of DC's versions of those Marvel books we keep lamenting that get canceled that we love that are these mid-tier books that have interesting you know, B or C list characters that are done well and, and necessarily don't, you know, get caught up in, um, you know, the big buzz of, of the top books. Um, but I was having trouble because I was, I wanted to order the trades. I think the, the comic is up to, I think issue 17 just came out this week. So I wanted to catch up and I believe still the only, only that first trade is out, I believe. Um, at least that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a little frustrated, but that was about two weeks ago. I went ahead and tracked down the issues. Um, and read all 16 issues uh, of the series. Wow! I didn't read the 17th today, but I did read all 16 last week. Um, and uh, you know, just to uh, basically, I, I totally agree with what David was saying. It's 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 a fantastic uh, book that stands on its own. I I don't um, I, I have no hit prior history with Stephanie Brown. Um, right. I, I know from the spoiler. The, yeah, I know from the talk of uh, that she was a character named Spoiler, and and she was involved with. Uh, with Tim Drake um, as a friend slash love interest and that sort of thing, and then I guess she died, or so they thought. And they <laughs> she, brought her she back. Was Robin. She, she, she died, she, yeah, died horribly. The Robin. Okay, it so yeah, very um, terrible. I, I never read any of that, so I just knew that she was a character that a lot of fans were happy to see, but I, I didn't really know much about her beyond that. Um, I did have to, and I even did go to Wikipedia to sort of read her backstory and get a sense of it, just to get a get a view but but basically this book it's a pretty she, she was kind of like tim selena kyle mm-hmm. in a lot of ways yeah yeah so so right and that, that's kind of what this book is being set up to be she's she's the young want-to-be do-getter who really isn't up to snuff yet i mean she doesn't have that years of training and rigid discipline that uh, that you know, Dick did or Tim did or Damien does. She she she's good, but she's she's definitely not good enough to not keep herself from getting killed half the time. Um, and through a series of events, she hooks up with Barbara Gordon, Oracle, um, who's uh, back in Gotham, and they you know Barbara uh, reluctantly decides to take her under her wing. One of those things like, well, if she's going to do it anyway, at least let me help her not get killed. Um, and Stephanie's just a really entertaining character. She's, she's, um, she seems really lighthearted. Um, you know, she's, she's, they, they write her very human, you know, she's, she's not, she's a flawed teenage girl, which is, um, kind of refreshing to read. Uh, it, the, the art's principally been done, or at least the, the pencils have been principally done by, um, uh, Lee Garbett, um, who I wasn't that familiar with prior to this. Uh, the book's written, uh, by Brian Miller. Uh, and it's just uh, it's it's really good stuff. I, I have to say, I mean, I, I I was pleasantly surprised at how quick the re- the read was. Um, it's got a bit of humor. It's got tons of action. So it was well paced, and uh, I could see why so many people groove on it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start picking it up, putting it on my D- DCBS uh, pull list from from this month on. Um, at least while Miller's doing the book. And then the uh, the the other uh, the reason I kept going with that is that I was so pleased with that and the in tallying up the eleven O'Closker votes. Um, I, I won't. Uh, I won't. I won't give away the uh, next week's extravaganza. But but let, let's just say that there's a lot of really positive feelings out there about the Bat books, about Paul Cornell, Grant Morrison, um, you know, Batman and Robin. You know, the the Dick and 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 uh, and Damian version of Batman and Robin. It just seemed like pretty much any category where the bat books writers artists or characters could have been mentioned they either are winning the category or are getting a lot of votes so 
you know, I, like many, including you, Vince, it wasn't that long ago, were really excited by Batman and Robin when it came out because mm-hmm. it was uh, Morrison obviously keeping going, but, but Frank Whiteley on it. Yeah. Um, and then, like many people, although I kept buying the book, uh, those Philip Tan issues just slammed the door shut on my interest. I mean, I was flying high on those Quitely issues, giddy. Then Philip Tan came along, not to mention a pink flamingo villain which did nothing for me and it really just went from like super hot love the first arc to having no interest in the second arc and i kept buying the book but i really wasn't reading it um but i did keep an eye on it i noticed that you know grant morrison's stalwart collaborators like cam stewart now fraser irving were on the book and you know they can do no wrong in 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 my book so i i that's why i kept buying it. I thought, well, you know, those guys are really good artists and I like Morrison, so I'll get back to it. Uh, and, you know, just like I said, seeing this 11 yeah, Acosta stuff. The tan, arc, the tan arc took a lot of the wind yep, out of the it sales. did, absolutely. Bit, yeah. So, uh, and then I stopped buying the book um, once Morrison announced he was leaving and Paul Cornell took over. So I said, okay, that's a good jumping off point. I'll stick with, I'll go with Morrison to Batman Inc. and, and just kind of stick with that. Because Morrison's pretty much the only bad stuff I've, I've read. Uh, in recent years, anyway, I just kind of keep reading whatever he's writing um, and enjoying it. But I went ahead and read all the Batman and Robin issues I had up to this point, and uh, and then um, the the first Paul Cornell issue. And I gotta say, um, I, I think it was I was premature to give up on the book because of Cornell, because um, homie. He he's telling. I mean, he's right. He's right back in it too. And and I thought he. The, his you don't first give up on Cornell. Yeah, he hit that first, brings it. The first issue started off well, so um, that is a, a super fun book. And every artist that's done it's been very distinct, very different looking. Um, but it is divided up by arcs, and uh, outside of that Pink Flamingo arc, there has been some really fun villainy going on, uh, inclu- including um, a, a new slash old villain named Oberon Sexton. Well, I won't give away why why he's new and old, but um, yeah, just uh, I, I got to say, Morrison killed it on the book, and and uh, it it really probably was. Had I been reading it month to month, it probably would have ranked as my favorite DC book, uh, mainstream wow. DC book of of this past year. Um, had I you know been re- it, it wasn't what I ended up voting for, but uh, and but, that's right. I was just gonna say that's that's pretty heavy to because I think those that check the spreadsheet know what you picked, and and that's pretty big doings. <sighs> if that would have knocked you out. Well, been, no, I, I should say mainstream book because you saw what it. Yeah, it wouldn't have beaten that book that I picked because I, oh, okay. I chose a, I chose a vertical book. But of DC mainstream books, that that would this would probably have ranked up there. You know, over. I mean, I would say I would have probably said Rebels or Secret Six or something would have been my pick. But but uh, I think this probably was even more entertaining than that. So uh, I, I gotta I can sometimes the sales numbers, the diamond numbers don't tell the story. Obviously, but. I the Bat books, the Bat family, since they've relaunched this and 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 did the whole reset and the death of Bruce Wayne and and all that. Um, I got to say the books are selling like hotcakes. I think seven of the top ten books this past month were Bat books, and of the ones I'm reading, I, I, I can I can say I could see why. I mean, in terms of mainstream superhero comics, they're certainly up there in terms of quality, in terms of the stuff that I've I've seen on the shelves lately. So I got to give DC the proper's. I got two questions. Uh-huh. First one's for David, because he would yes. probably be the most likely to know the answer to this. Did they ever ret- retcon that lame brain story where Leslie Tompkins killed the spoiler? Remember that 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 story where I, she got- I, th- I think I think it's just kind of been pushed off to the side, and they don't <laughs> talk about it. 
That, that that's my thinking too. I don't. I didn't. I didn't read when spoiler was Robin. Oh. Uh, so yeah. So I um. I so just, who are we gonna uh, have kill this girl? Let's pick one of Bruce's most. Well, it's one like of long time. Over again, it's it's like it, it's with the Manhunters. Let's have let's have Dirk from Booster Gold be the traitor. Let's have mm-hmm. Doctor Jace. Let's have Wally's dad. It's like really you couldn't. Yeah. Do, it, it, it no, but um. Before we move on, I do want. That, just to finish up my thoughts on on the Bat Universe, um, the Dark the Dark Knight. I I think is that yeah. the Finch book. That is the Finch book. Ah it, yes, it is. Um, I I don't want to say oh like Max Man. I don't. I think I can skip a month. I don't know. It parts of it feels like this is Finch's homage to Hush, where you kind of just have, have let's throw all of Batman's rogues in it and and cuz we we start off with Batman versus Killer Croc and and this is where i guess people that are big into continuity and need to know where everything matches up how does how does the dark knight fit in you know how can how can Bruce be overseas recruiting Batman and here he is in Gotham and i don't i don't i don't care about that i just want to read a good story and and here we have Bruce in Gotham starts off with taking on Killer Croc, who apparently is shooting up Venom, and they uh, th- th- then we end the issue with a uh, with a surprise. I don't know if it's a surprise, but it's it's a cliffhanger, and 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 we see another one of, of Batman's old rogues, and uh, it just I, I don't I don't want to prejudge this after reading the first issue that it feels like hush all over again with everybody from Batman's enemy list showing up, but. We're also introduced to yet another young friend from Bruce Wayne, or well, when they were both young. I don't want to say a young person in Bruce's current life, but when Bruce Wayne was a wee child, and and before his parents were killed, and and there's a little girl who he knows whose name is Golden Dawn. Apparently, she's missing, and and uh, and so Bruce is going to find her. Her name is is Golden Dawn. Her name is Golden Dawn. Really? Yeah. So he's, he's also he's, he's also dipping into that old golden age, come up with the corny name trope. But it's um, it's when you say Golden Dawn, I think of something completely completely different. Of course you do. Go ahead. Um, but it's you know we're we're introduced to we're not introduced, but but Finch is kind of hitting the ground running because we're um we see Commissioner Gordon, we see Harvey Bullock, we we see. This new um, detective who, who just recently joined the squad, I believe, from Metropolis, because I guess he's not gay. So it's it's just he. You have um, it, Finch is definitely setting up the 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 play for for the game board to to you know who, who he knows. I think he's got a plan and he knows where it's going and and it, it's going to be you know. I, I don't know if he wrote any of his image work. I don't know if this is his first time really writing. I know it's his first time writing a big tier character, but it's um, it's I'm the the mystery is kind of interesting to me. It's just another you know who has her, where was she, who, where is she now, and, and he's and he's going to find her. But it's we're also getting a little bit of, of Bruce's past, like again, like like we did with Hush, but. Um, this is another one where it's it's kind of with me 
I think I'm I'm more for it with with the art right now. I, I think Finch hasn't looked this good in quite a while. His Moon Knight work didn't look this good. His uh, his his New Avengers when when the title relaunch when when the title started when when Bendis reorganized the Avengers the first time it it uh, kind of reminds me. Issue looked good that he did. Which didn't he do the uh, he did that the, did a bunch the second of coming. No, he did the second coming, the one issue of the, the second coming uh, one shot. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, so, so it's 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 been a while since I've seen Finch look this good, and and I'm sure the Scott Williams inks help, but it's uh, it's I I didn't put it down going, oh my god, what's he trying to do? It was it it's it's a Batman story starting out that way, so it's 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 not bad, you know. I I can see why. Based on what Jason's saying, and and based on what I've read so far, uh, I, I can see why the Bat universe of titles would be ranked so highly in in the top ten list. It's it's not it's not because it, unlike the X Men, where yeah, it's the X Men people are buying it because it's X Men. This it's it's Batman, so people are you know he, the Batman family has their buyers, has their readers. They're going to read them, buy them each month in and out, but. These are actually pretty good stories going on right now, so there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. There you go. Yep. Yeah, Finch did that X-Men Second Coming, that first issue. He did the first issue, right? Okay. Yeah. I've been incredibly impressed with Finch's uh, Brightest Day covers. I haven't been noticing them, but... I think the, the dude, last one I remember was the uh, was the Aqualad cover. Yeah, the, even like the the line art covers and the painted covers. I think he's just he he's reached uh, a level of refinement that we haven't seen from him in, in ever. I think I think he's better than he's ever been. Could just be. I mean, he rejuvenated. He's you know he's he's with a different publisher and he's 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 writing Batman. It really doesn't get much bigger than that. So you kind of I would think best forward and and he's drawing painting the covers of of their ongoing miniseries. Yeah. By, by the miniseries. So yeah, there's, there's, I think there's a little bit of to prove that. Great stuff. Excuse me, hello. I don't know. Uh I just listened to uh your episode on the uh, I don't know. It was like episode 275. Nah, that was probably not the one that was. But uh, I listened to it and I thought it was pretty excellent because... Shit, man. I don't know. The problem was about it. There was no problem about it. I can't... uh, Have it. Well, before Chris talks, Chris, I'm going to push it on over to you in like, in like two <laughs> seconds. But I wanted to riff on this theme because as an artist, I I realize how incredibly difficult it is to find your voice, that, that, that voice that resonates as the graphic repre- representation of who you are as a person. It, it's incredibly difficult to translate the mind to the paper. And when, when an artist actually manages to, to reach that, breach that barrier and reach that pinnacle, I, it, it thrills me that I can, uh, that I've, especially an artist that I've followed for a long time, it thrills me to experience that in, in, in a way along with the artist as, as it's happening. And not only did it happen once with the books I read this week, twice 
and and real quick because Jason talked about this uh, a couple weeks back. I read uh, Ian Churchill's Marine Man number one. Uh-huh. He has definitely found the, I agree, right? the voice. This yeah. is this is what he. I mean, it's you need to go through that process of trial and error and and hunting and pecking to see what works for you, but. This is the this is his real voice. I think this is the way he should have been speaking in in graph, graphically speaking all along. It's stuff. This stuff is phenomenal. I I, I could not believe. And we got a taste of it with the uh, Hulk X Force crossover back in uh, what was it, about a year ago when yeah. when, when the the Red Hulk met X X X Force right. Yep. And it, you know it was very loose and and very in a very cartoonish vein which means it was streamlined but this stuff is is even more refined than that it's it's just incredible and uh that that one panel and i keep going back to it because i think he just nailed it when uh the 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 title character marine man whose name is (laughs) steve ocean i mean why didn't they just call him johnny johnny waters you know what i mean we okay we know he does he's a he's a water dude okay but but he he's kind of like a steve Irwin type crocodile hunter uh, TV personality where he has a show that deals with marine biology and marine related subjects and he's an adventurer and and stuff and he's he's at a, a convention signing DVDs and this woman walks up to him and she is putting the make on him something fierce and Churchill draws her l- leaning over his table with her palms flat on the table and she is just sexy as hell but it's not so much I mean it is the the way he draws the woman but it's the line work is just so damn sleek mm-hmm. and just streamlined and sexy and he's nailing the expressions too i mean she she's ma- putting the make on steve and her male friend slash boyfriend or whatever is behind her in the distance and he is just totally disgusted you could tell like he's like oh man i can't compete with this and from this moment on i i i really liked the character of of Steve Ocean. He's a stand-up dude because she's like, I like a bad boy. And uh, he's like, that guy behind you, does is that your boyfriend? And she's like, nah, it's just a friend. And he replies with, does he know that? You know, he, he could <laughs> yeah. he could have taken advantage of her. I mean, I, I of little resolve, would have had her back in the hotel room in three seconds. He is, and he's just—he seems like a a really nice guy. And the issue was just all set up. I mean, you get a glimpse into his life and the people around him, and I mean, it was a meaty read. There's a lot of dialogue, and there's a lot of back matter where you get, you know, uh, marine uh related uh text pieces and stuff and just uh how this character was like Eric Larson Savage Dragon Churchill created this character when he was a kid and it was just one of those things that just stuck with him he's always had this character in the back of his mind and now he's he's finally acting on it and i think it's great this book is really tight i it is right i, I and, love and it and by all means it should have been a throwaway right because it's it's yep. churchill again i think at this point now unfairly but has a reputation from prior work at his prior time. He was think many people think of him as one of those sort of, you know, nineties, you know, second tier guys, which is again I think is unfair if you look at his recent work, but but well, that's I think, so I think some of it's well founded because well, what I'm saying, right, he yeah. has a reputation probably fairly earned at another point in his career. But I think yeah. a lot of people see the name and think, uh then you see it written and drawn by him and you're thinking, okay, I don't know if he can write. And then 
you read the blurb, you look at the name, and you think, okay, so this is basically his take on Aquaman, right? So you're thinking, well, I don't, do I really need to we, see that we, Aquaman? We think, yeah. You know, I'm going to ask people... you guys a question when you're done. Okay. Before I forget. No, so I'm just saying there's a lot of reasons why this book shouldn't have worked, and I would totally understand if people saw it in the solicits and were like, I'm not giving that a try. But it, it you're, it'd be, you missed out because it was It was really long. good. I'm, st- I'm so sticking with it. But Fuck, nice. I missed out. <laughs> you know, and like I said, with that reputation is kind of earned because started really strong uh, back when he was doing cable with uh, Jeff Loeb. He his style was very image influenced, but it was still really strong. But then there was a point, uh, and I always go back to this: his Supergirl work is just not good. I mean, right. he, he he was drawing in the Turner style. I guess it was an, an editorial mandate that they wanted it to look a yeah. certain way after the Superman, Batman, Supergirl arc yeah. that, that re, revamped that character. So they said, you know, hey, can you do it like this? And I guess he acquiesced, and the rest is history. They were just really weird. And I mean, there was a time when uh, if I saw Ian Churchill's name on the front of the book, I would not buy it. I just mm-hmm. it it was a, a stigma, but now I mean he really surprised me with that Hulk stuff, and this is just even better than that. Nice, Christopher. You were going to say something? Well, wait for you. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. Um, okay, well, d- d- David has a question. <laughs> I do. Since since he just it came to my mind with as soon as Jason said, you know, you think it's Ian Churchill, and you know, what well, can he write? I don't know. I would be more. Inclined to buy Marine Man, knowing that Churchill wrote and drew, because with Image, and it's because of the publisher, with Image Comics, I mostly see it as creative own. So, in let him write and draw, especially mm-hmm. write his own creation. Where so, when you say something like that, I'm thinking with me, even though I didn't sadly pre-order Marine Man, I would be more apt to. Give Marine Man a try, knowing that Churchill wrote and drew it. Then I would, and although this is completely opposite to what I did, then think that Finch can write and write Batman at that. So when mm-hmm. you say, you know, well, can he write? I don't know. And you did read it, so you did, and and you enjoyed Marine Man. But I'm just, would you be more apt to somebody who you know is an artist, primarily an artist, and they're writing something for the first time? Would you give them more of a chance if, if it was their creator-owned work with Image or another publisher, or would you think, okay, well, let me see if they can really write and try out one of the big two's big guns? Wow. See, in this instance, the fact that it's Batman is really working against my answer. Right. Be, be, in your be, case, yes. Yeah, in my case, yeah, I would definitely... So if McGinnis decided to write a Hulk story... I would read it. Oh, interesting. See, uh, I... I, in fact, I think I railed about this when it was announced that Finch was getting the book because I was like, okay, why did why, why did, did he get Tony, this? Well, I was like, why is why are you handing Tony Daniel and Finch like two artists major bat books like that? Didn't make any sense to me because you know that's the bat is obviously one of DC's premier, right? And, uh, but but so clearly that worked against me. I didn't order either book. I haven't read. I didn't order the Finch book. I didn't I have not been reading the Tony Daniel book. Um, uh, that said, I also think though it has to do with the fact that I know there are a plethora of other places I can read Batman. Okay. Not not the least of which is Morrison. So for me, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's always, I can, there's always plenty of places to read the Batman. 
Right, and I can also read a Morrison Bat book, so that that's huge for me. I mean, I, I've never been a huge Bat fan, so if I can read one or two Bat books, that's usually way enough for me. That sates my my appetite. Um, so that certainly colors it, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a, I, I would say generally I raise an eyebrow to the idea of a artist who I have no experience with as a writer getting a light, you know, a book in the mainstream. I, I, I raise, I raise an eye to that. I, I so, wonder what's up with that now. Maybe that's unfair, but it certainly does make me think really like that's, and, and you know, and then I guess they got to win me over and maybe I'm not giving them a chance to win me over, but um, yeah, for some reason I do hold, hold that as a reason to maybe not order the book. Yeah. So how did you feel years ago? If you can remember, when Alan Davis was writing Excalibur? Great question. I knew it was coming. The difference is, is then I was much, much less educated about the whole thing. Uh, I didn't really pay much attention to the distinction between writer and artist. Okay. You know, I don't... Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to be honest, that was probably the time when I started noticing, but it's Byrne and Davis, to me, both... I, I love the hell out of the stuff that they wrote. Right. And I didn't know any better then, so you would think I shouldn't have a predisposition against it. And in fact, when I when I bitched about the Finch and the Daniel stuff, a couple people on the forums said, "Hey, well, what, don't you love Byrne and Alan Davis?" And I said, "That's touche. That's a good point." It's, no, but you're right. But it is a good point. But in 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 my case, when it comes to Byrne, I really started to love Byrne on the Fantastic Four. So he was already writing and drawing it. So huh, yeah, and Simonson yeah, too. I, we got to throw in there too. You're so, absolutely Simon. right. So yeah. I mean, at least with with that. I came into it, they were already starting. Here, I'm coming into it, and I know Finch as an artist mostly. I know Daniel as an artist mostly. So it, that's the difference, I think, with me when it comes to Finch and Daniel and Byrne and Simonson yeah. and, and those guys. Now, see, th- this episode is going to be really tight because I have another example of what you're talking about, and it's the second artist I was I wanted to, to bring up. Mm-hmm. It, it's published by Aspen. Oh, and and it's it's uh, Joe Benitez. This is one of the oh. first times I think Aspen's being mentioned on this show. No, well we we've mentioned well, we've made fun of Aspen, but um again, I, I uh, never make fun of Aspen. Uh, another artist who seems to have found that graphic voice, and That's and it, cool. he's speaking very clearly on this issue. Again, Joe Benitez writes and draws this Lady Mechanica number one. Now I talked about the zero issue a couple weeks back. Oh, yep, yep, yep. How, how it was just basically a taste. The uh, not only does it look, as, it's astoundingly beautiful. I mean, he has seemingly dispensed with the big titty, uh, Joe Benitez way of approaching things from his work back in yeah. you know Justice League and stuff. This is it's a very from all angles. This is a very mature piece of work. Uh, it 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 doesn't re, he doesn't resort to. TNA to sell the story, although there is a new character in here called Commander Winter, who is a, looks a red-haired cross between a Russian and, and a German commander mm-hmm. uh, with an, with an eye patch, and she seems to have a history with Lady Mechanica, judging from the, uh, the eye patch. But, I mean, even the, the interactions between the, the seemingly lesser characters, there's Lady Mechanica has a, a discussion with a doctor who uh, finds the body of another biomechanical person and he is the one who pronounced her dead and there's just this back and forth between the two and it's really well written 
and and it's uh, there's a little girl. He has a daughter who has a Layla Miller type vibe to her. She's very smart for her age, and he writes convincingly. I mean, these characters seem like who they who we are, who they are, who they want. He wants them to be, and visually layouts the 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 uh the figure drawing the the uh the backgrounds the environments in this book they're all um, they're gorgeous i mean it's just it, it it's mouthwateringly good uh, the the uh the costumery that that he he does with this victorian slash steampunk look that he's got going on it's it's fantastic i mean I, if if i if you said to me what's the worst thing about this issue I'd have to say the J. Scott Campbell cover. And, and he, you know, I mean, if you know J. Scott Campbell, he's no slouch. The guy can draw. I mean, if I was pressed and you said, what, what did you like least on that, that, that graduated scale? The J. Scott Campbell cover. So if it, take that as uh, a resounding yay for this book because it's just fantastic. And it's $2.99. Is it two ninety nine? Yeah, two ninety nine. The first issue just came out. There's a zero issue out there. There's some some weird kind of recipe thing going on in here too, where there's like a steampunk kitchen, where he gives you recipes for wow, yeah, for things for things like based on characters that appeared in the zero issue and this issue. It's it's amazing. Really, give it a chance, Lady Mechanica from uh, Aspen. It's it's unbelievably good. I've so there you go. I'll let, that too, I'll let Chris yeah. go. Yeah, cool. it's great. It's really good. I like it. We're bringing the love today. Yeah. Um, I don't have a whole... Co- I've been reading little bits and pieces of of lots of things, so nothing of of any volume um, to talk about. Uh, I finally got my... Um, uh, it sounds terrible to say finally. I got my, uh, my uh, 11 o'clock Secret Santa uh, gift, but it was coming all the way from the UK, so... Oh. Um, so definite, uh, uh, definite props and understanding that it, uh, that it was coming in, in January. It was from Sean. Okay, Parker, Parker, I have a shake. Uh, it was from, uh, Sean M on the, on the forum. And I got some, he, he'd ask me, it's like, you know, what do you want? And, uh, and I said, you know, I, I just, I don't have access to a whole lot of, um, uh, of UK comics. And so he sent me, uh, the best of, um, Future Shocks. Oh, and, neat. Mm-hmm. And uh, The Ballad of Halo Jones. I got nice. Uh, Ian Gibson. Nice. I got some uh, some 2000 uh, AD. Uh, and I, I, specific, I specifically I specifically asked for a copy of uh, of Beano. And so I got ah. the, I got a copy uh, got a copy of the Beano. They still so, publish that? Yeah. Uh, Holy mackerel. Yeah, this is number uh, three thousand five hundred and sixty-three. Oh, nice! Take that! Awesome. Holy crap! Take, take, take that, Action Comics! <laughs> um, so yeah, I've got uh, God. How, how often does this come out? Is it's got to be weekly? Then, yeah, right? I think it is weekly. Yeah, every every Wednesday. So yeah, I've got a got a copy of uh, of the Bina, and he also did an awesome uh, Joker sketch for me. Oh. Says the uh, says the the best the best villain in comics, and I would have to agree. Uh, yeah, I got some I got some cool uh, cool UK stuff to uh, to read through here. Um, other than that, you know, I just um, I started reading some old uh, uh, Len Wein, Bernie Wrights, and Swamp things. So. <gasps> did you hear? Did you hear my heart flutter? I, know, I did. That's what it was. I also heard your 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 dick poke up against the uh, the <laughs> table. Sound like a chainsaw, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
mashed potatoes. But I got a question. So, I, I, you know, I'll get more in-depth on that kind of stuff. I'm still going through Sandman, like a, an issue a day and that kind of stuff. So I'll probably bring that, bring that stuff up uh, post-11 o'clockers. Um, cool. I got a question. So this whole DC 75th, hold on. The the Levitz book you're talking about, right? Isn't yeah, the, the, about the, the, the DC 75th anniversary Tassian book. book that, that, yeah. that huge, that huge tome, mm-hmm. it probably seriously weighs like 20 pounds. Um, I, am I going to regret it if I don't get this thing? Yes. What what will probably happen? Tashin has a history of publishing very high ticket or high dollar books in uh-huh. one format. Then they'll take uh, it's like a Reader's Digest approach. They'll take a condensed version and make a mass market version right. of that. And uh, you, if you if you snooze on that, you'll probably only be able to get the mass market version after a while, and then you'll be like, "Damn!" Because you know what? With uh, Borders current uh, calamity. Take a fifty percent coupon and go buy the damn thing. I was just gonna thing. say that's the only way I'm gonna buy that thing. Though I can't spend yeah. two hundred bucks on a on a book which is effectively a coffee table book. I mean, it's yeah. cool. As yeah, be, yeah. I, you know. But they're the, in my opinion, the absolute best book publisher on the planet is Tashin. Okay, bar, well, we bar talked about this back in the day. You can, you can get yeah. it like, yeah, you can get it for like a hundred and twenty-two bucks from uh, um, from uh, Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it'd be. Cool. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta track down one of those fifty uh, percent borders coupons while borders is still right. still around over there. Yeah, and you mentioned you got a sketch, Chris. I, I am delinquent in in thanking a person who sent me uh, a drawing uh, as a as a Christmas present. I think I, we all do. Yeah, I got a Sue Storm. Yeah. A thirty eight double D. You looking, need to scan wow. it. <laughs> I need to see this. It's gorgeous. Uh Mahmoud Asrar sent me it. And not wow. only did he he, he dedicate awesome. it to me, but my wife too, like Jason. And it he did it on, on blue paper and nice. it's it's black ink like line art and he highlighted it um the, the, the light light areas in white it's really yeah. nice nice so just like really my dead nice. tools in a red on a red piece of paper yeah yeah it's, and, it's and, amazing yeah, my, my uh my hunter rose grendel is is kind of on this dark purpley paper nice. it's, it's it's uh it's signed to me and renee and uh we got to get a matted frame for it but yeah i i think i have a picture of it i know he posted it on his blog i think he's posted uh Chris and Jason's also. I don't think he scanned yours in, Vince. So you have to do that. I'm dying. To I will. I will. I will do it. She and it's yeah. pretty. It's pretty. She's Mine, got an. She's got an attitude too, as yeah. she should. Being she you know, shouldn't be married. The, 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 the top <laughs> dog. Stop. The top dog. Top woman in the Marvel universe. Shout yeah. out to Mahmoud. Actually, and he. Uh, I'm looking forward to when he can finally uh, take. I guess the. Uh, the cover off of whatever his next project is. He seemed on Twitter really excited for his next project, but he can't. Uh, he can't go public with what it is yet, so I'm looking forward to hearing what it is. Dude should be on a, he should be on a top he should be on a top tier book. He should yeah. because he's oh, yeah. amazing. Yes. Well, you see, see his uh, his next uh, convention stop. Cedos Edos. Cedos Edos. Chicago. Nice. There yeah, you I'm go. really looking forward. But to yeah, th- yeah, hopefully, spending more than like the 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 five or ten minutes we got to chit chat in New York. We could take so. him for uh, for for gizzards. 
We'll take oh, him for yeah. Yeah. Uh, We'll get we'll get the armored truck. and gizzards. Yes. So, yeah. Actually, that, I was, I was cool. at my favorite uh, Colombian rotisserie chicken joint tonight. And <laughs> <laughs> this this is a good a good place to, to take the guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is some good. This is some some good chicken, Jason. All is I know it, is I'm told weeks before we're going to Rick Bayless restaurants and I end up eating gizzards. So yeah, yeah, there you go. So you end up uh, watching really someone gonna have order gizzards, aren't I? You yes. end up you, you end up watching someone order gizzards through bulletproof glass. You don't actually get to eat any gizzard. Oh, that's true. And and then there was the and then there was the two days before when I got to eat uh, vegan food at a diner by being yelled at by Richard Starkings for how little I knew about comics. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. But that's cool. How many people can say that? I wish I got true. yelled at by I Richard Starkings. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love you, Richard. Now <laughs> I was I was doing my uh, eleven o'clockers, and and if you paid attention Wait, to me, I was. I'm I'm doing. You don't even know where the you were. I, but no, see, you I'm I'm into them? I'm yes, doing. Yes, a, yes, I, I have a text oh, file nice. that warms my heart. I got yeah. a text file going on where I can change it, and I don't have to. God you know, go back to the spreadsheet. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, listen, listen. God forbid he used the living document that Jason spent hours. In all seriousness, you do not need to use that document. That document is a tool to help my brothers. Right. I, w- I will use it, but I just wanted to to formulate my my list and 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 add and subtract as I was going. And if you paid attention to what I've been saying for my favorite miniseries for 2010, I was uh, I was going with Fearless Dawn from Asylum Press. It's fun. It it has a, a vintage air to it. It has an EC air. Uh, there's beautiful women in it, Nazi monsters. It's just, it's a fun cheesecake TNA old school adventure pulpy series. Okay. And I love it, but I read something over the weekend that I, I got to do justice to it because it had a profound effect on me. And, and it, and it was a mini, yes, it was a mini series by two of our favorite artists who just happened to be brothers. Um, ah, oh, did you? Oh, you you read uh, um, Day Tripper. I read Day Tripper, and um, for two guys, uh, Gabriel Ba and Fabio Moon, who are primarily known for their amazing uh, art styles, to kick out a book. Oh, dude, don't be talking about this today. Oh, Why? <laughs> no, go ahead. We have our eleven o'clockers next week. I know. I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna give it a little. A little. Two. Like two words. Maybe a little more than two words. To to kick out a book that resonated with me, not only visually but in terms of story. Like this, there were panels, and and I. I don't care. I, I'm a big dude, but I gotta say, there are panels in this book that that made me cry. And wow. and, and I'm Which specifically shocks me because you're. You seem like. If I would have thought this book would be like the kind of thing that I gush about that Chris likes, that David, and then you're like, eh. no. like this structure is the kind of book that you'd be like no. making fun of us for loving. No, the 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 the, the panels, the two panels with the, like you think Vince has no heart, Jason. With his no, his he doesn't seem to have much <laughs> affinity for straight. Straightly played. I don't, but this uh, is not straightly. This is not straightly played. This is anything no. but. But the the it one, the one iteration of uh, is it Bra- Brace? Is his name? Brass. Brass de Olivia Domingos. The, the the one iteration where he has a son named Miguel, and he's uh, as he is in every incarnation. He's a writer, and he in this 
particular story he's on tour and the father's away from home and the boy is 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 watching the lion king uh, unbeknownst to him his father has passed away and they put that damn dialogue in there where the simba says come on dad we gotta go home oh man i i, I that 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 just ripped me apart i i i almost couldn't finish the issue it it, it was that it affected me to the very deeply let's just say because i had a similar and it's instance like that it's not it's not because i can relate to it it's just written extremely well i mean every one of these and i originally we won't give it away because we'll probably be talking about it next week but i originally thought that this book maybe three or four issues into it i thought okay they're doing a karmic cycle of of rebirth. This character has to learn and 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 uh, improve upon himself, and he's reborn again into much like a uh, maybe a groove on a record uh, that uh, there's lock grooves that if you know if you're familiar with record with vinyl technology, there's lock grooves that it'll catch the needle and it'll just compartmentalize that one part of the groove and the, the 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 stylus keeps playing it over and over again but in this instance there are constants through this story where you know you have his friend jorge keeps popping up the dog the blackout you, you know the, there, there'll be a character in there called miguel whether it's his grandfather or or his son his father his writing uh, tree and no, and, and just, yeah, and just the fact that in every iteration he's a writer of obituaries, and I'm I'm thinking, yeah, okay, this is a rebirth cycle, but it's not, at least not completely, because there's more to it than that, and the message is just amazing, and for two guys who are known for their art to kick out a story, this deeply constructed and with such heart, oh my God, it took me aback. I, I, I was... Not only impressed, I was in awe of this damn thing. It, you feel the same way? Do you, I know next week. Next week. Okay. Next <laughs> week. Next week. I, 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 as I think I conveyed uh, when I talked about details uh, a few weeks ago, I, the 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 Ba Moon brothers can do no wrong and and talk about artists that turn out to be writers. Now, this is the difference being is that I think. Um, I came to know both of these guys as artists in the last few years, um, you know, doing things like Casanova and Umbrella Academy and the stuff. So maybe my first reaction was, well, these guys are you know, really good artists and can, but I never clearly whether, whether people wondered if they could write or not, it really wasn't a fair assessment because of the, the, the foreign nature because clearly, I mean, most of that stuff that they wrote with the tales was as equally polished and nuanced and, and took really the same sad. themes. And they wrote most of that long before they had their big break in North America, in, in American comics. It's just, we did never got to see it. So right. I, these guys clearly are storytellers and I got to imagine, especially with the heat they have now that, um, the majority of the stuff that, they'll be remembered for will be stuff that they write as right. well as I agree. straight. You know? I agree. Uh, how does lightning strike twice in the same family? How does it's that crazy, happen? Right? It's, it's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. I asked them when we when we saw them at uh, at New York Comic Con and they were sketching for Tiki and I, 
Um, I did talk to him for a bit. And I asked him, like, were they both always comic creators? Did they doodle as kids? Was it just their thing? Um, and they said, not really. Like, you know, they um, they just sort of went into it as they got older. And one of them, I um, apologize, I don't remember which one went first, but started doing it and got a gig or two. And the other one the other, you know, said, hey, you should do this too. You know, you this might be up your alley. And then he started doing it. And they kind of both went their own way. It's not like they charted a path to both be doing the same thing for like the same companies it just kind of worked out that way you know it's just yeah. kind of funny that way it's they're, disgusting they're yeah. disgustingly talented they're i'll tell off. you one thing but though in, in reading details and reading day tripper and and seeing these guys in action like <laughs> these guys i'm sure have had an obscene number of ridiculously gorgeous women in the oh house. right because oh. i mean oh yeah Bra- Braz's wife in every story. I mean, she is smoking hot, and they they nail the eyes. They've looked yeah. into a lot of gorgeous women's yeah. eyes. Well, well the, brother, the brothers are some pretty good looking guys. I mean, they're, they got they're, that. Oh well, yeah, yeah. They're 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 yeah. they're handsome, handsome gentlemen, and yeah, I'm sure that they attract down their fair share of trim. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about a book with a hell of a lot of art and trim. Uh, Chris throws the trim word out there. <laughs> is, is it wrong that he said it's, trim? It's, I, felt, it's, I felt like uttering a, an apology to Chris to, 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 our, to our lovely uh, sponsor. For yeah, that's true. In case she's listening. Yeah. Sorry. And the women listeners. rubbing off on me. Yeah, but well, yeah. okay. I'll I'll save it. <laughs> let let let's save it all for the eleven o'clockers because I'm pretty positive that this book is going to be represented. But yes. the the main character is a writer of obituaries, and and the thing I got from this entire series, if if anything, when there's a lot of messages in it, there's a lot of yeah. subjects that keep popping up. But the the thing that 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 uh, managed to pervade the my mind. Uh, the most was that we are all writers of our own obituaries. And we'll, we'll just leave it at that for next week. All right, we'll set. Amazing. All right, friends, you got to give me a second chance. That was terrible, that last one, you know, that you're talking about. Uh, I hate the Internet. The Internet is terrible. I don't know how to handle that. It's terrible. So anyways, on top of the Internet, on top of the Internet... Um, well, the internet sucks. I don't know. Speak about the internet. Really stumps you when you're trying to talk about the internet. Ah, son of a bitch. Did anyone read uh, Neonomicon 2? Uh, or, th- or three, three, three. Yeah, three. No, three. Yeah, you didn't read three. All right, we'll we'll save that then, because I talked uh, about it enough. Did, did uh, I guess I still am I still the only one reading Deadpool Max? Probably. I haven't <laughs> started you, yet, so yeah. Okay, you, I did rave about the first issue, right? I, I mentioned that you know you got yeah. uh, you, you got uh, the high, you got you got high agents and and gay mobsters and. Anal assault, and it's very, very mature. It's very, <laughs> I, it's I, I do love the anal assault. It's, yeah. it's, it's David Lapham and Kyle Baker. And remember, I said the Kyle, it's Kyle Baker. The good, it's good Kyle Baker. It's, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's interested in not using Poser too much, Kyle Baker. Um, <laughs> too much. Well, uh, well, it's continuing. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because it is what it is, and it's definitely something probably that uh, is only for a select few out there. Uh, you have to appreciate Deadpool, and you have to like really adult. 
uh, almost gross-out humor, because uh, that's what this book is. It's very much a Max. It's not a. It is a Max book. It is a Max book. It sh- I was going to say it should be a Max book, but it's not. But uh, but in the latest issue, he is seeing a shrink who's obscenely good-looking and stacked, and he keeps hearing her say just ridiculous things. But then, in <laughs> in a thought bubble, they tell you what she's actually saying. So, nice. like for example. He, you know, she's taking notes and listening to him, and, he, and she says, "I want you deep inside me, you luscious hunk of man meat." And then, in the in the little yellow thought balloon, it's actually what she said was, "What's your strongest childhood memory?" And that goes on through the whole book. And then, as it turns out, she is actually a mental patient that's escaped, and all the things he was hearing, she was actually saying to him. Oh, nice! Out. Yeah, so it's uh, it's awesome. But uh, and you get a little See, glimpse into uh, and into, and what medium best facilitates that approach comics i mean if that comics. that could that could be done in a movie or a film uh, but yeah, the, the best way to do it is comics awesome absolutely absolutely so uh just loving the hell out of it again uh you know your taste may your your, your mileage may vary but it's it's um with there being no no lack of deadpool featured books out there right now um I have to say, if you're a fan of the Joe Kelly stuff and you don't mind R slash X-rated humor, because obviously there are some readers out there, I'm sure, that like to keep their comics a little more PG. But if you're mm-hmm. into the, the R-rated stuff and you like the Joe Kelly stuff, I, I got to say, Lapham and Baker are, are, are doing their thing here. They're, they seem to be having a lot of fun doing this book, put it that way. Awesome. I'll, I'll leave it at that, so. I bet you got to get the first trade. I'm sure you're going to love the trade. Yeah. Well, trades are the way to go for me. So, yeah, I'll yeah. definitely check it out and trade. If anybody's not going to talk, I want to talk about a, a, an issue that looks like a trade. I won't go into specifics, but again, going back to that eleven o'clockers, you have you have a category in there. What is it? Favorite single issue? Mm-hmm. And you're going to tell us what you're going to vote for, so that you don't talk I, about it. no, yeah. this isn't this is in the running though. It's in the running, okay. definitely okay. in the running. Uh, did you read Fables One Hundred? No. Oh my God. Well, it's I, Jesus. It's, uh, I'm getting it in the trade. I'm not going to. No, but Fab- what, how are they going to do this? Because Fables well, 100 be, is a little trade. Well, it'll be one of those thick ones, I'm sure, with a couple yeah. of issues. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was nine ninety nine, and we heard a bunch of, uh, you know, burping and farting over the price. But I got to tell you. We never hear that on the phone. It, it definitely worth every damn penny. Listen to this lineup. Uh, obviously, Willingham, Buckingham, uh, Steve Lealoha's in here, obviously, Andrew Peepoy, Dan Green. Uh, Jao, uh, uh, how do you Ruiz. say his name? Jao, uh, Jao Ruiz, Chrissy Zulo, Kate McElroy, Dave Johnson, Adam Hughes, and J.H. Williams are yeah. in here. And, I mean, aside from the Buckingham main story, Buckingham does a killer Fables Paper Puppet Theater. It, it, it almost looks like Joe, something Joe Kubert would do back in the day with detailed diagrams of how to cut out the characters and the, the backgrounds and, and it, you know, numbered ways of constructing this thing. And you get like Fable Town in the old style with, if you remember the DC Treasury editions. Oh, yeah. They, they would sometimes have window cutouts on the back of them where you cut out this long window. And it was supposed to be like a 3D thing, but you just, um, got another piece of art and it was supposed to be formatted in a semicircle where as you attached it to both sides of the the window it looked like there was some kind of suggestion of depth there well this is kind of the same thing you get fable town and these two w- window things and you get a bunch of cut out fables characters with tabs on them that you can move around like little puppets they're like hey, having a good time and there's a game board in the back 
Fables Escape to Wolf Manor, where Buckingham paints the the main characters, and it's like it's like shoots and ladders, it's like a game board, and there's rules and everything for this damn thing. <laughs> it, it's crazy, it's nuts, and there's a, a pro story in here, uh, a kick-ass uh, Perils of Thumbelina with Chrissy Zulo on art. It's amazing. I mean. This is something that just slaps you upside the head and just demands to be noticed. Yeah, it, it's a, it's just it's an amazing issue from just the cover um, is is glossy and it's square bound looks like a trade. It, really, if you're not reading fables, what the hell is wrong with you? Get on the bus. I mean, you know this. Uh, you you, you got Chris David. I I haven't been on the I haven't been on the bus since about issue fifty. And. Oh, I, I read the first, I think, three portraits. So I have to get, I mean, I, not gonna say I have to get caught up, but I, I do, I did dig what I read. I mean, like everybody says, go beyond, go past the first trade. Don't, don't let it all ride yeah. on, oh, on that. And, yeah. and, uh, no, I mean, Animal Farm, I thought was, was a pretty cool story. I am interested in the characters. It's just, it's not, every time I go through orders or, or, see a bunch of trades I want to pick up that's either not always there or there's something else that I want to read before that but it, it's not it's not something I'm purposely avoiding I, I don't uh, I don't want to diss you like that man <laughs> every uh there, there's a representative going back to day tripper how that you had different characters represented in different forms there seems to be for me anyway like the 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 silver age and the bronze were owned by kirby for me i mean mm-hmm. there there's just seems to be one representative of a, of an art style that just sinks its claws into you and and that's what that era uh, of comics is that's the the representative in your mind when you when i think bronze i think kirby okay and, and you know it goes even more so for silver when I, maybe in 20, 30 years, when I think of this, uh, you know, the 2000s to the, to the 2020s the or however, however the long it's a, the representative for this era of comics, in my mind, the, the, the man that stands out above all others is going to be Mark Buckingham. He is, he's getting Kirby good. I mean, he's he's way up there in, in terms of. Uh, he is. He he, is. He's just. Uh, dis- uh, I hate to use the word and disgustingly a super good, nice but dude too. yeah, I mean, he the, he was amazingly accomplished on Fables, but once he started doing that funky uh, page margins on the sides, I know. So uh, cool, it's right? just it's even it's even catapulted beyond what what I, yeah. I thought of him. He's astounding and. and I, I can't say enough about Mark Buckingham. We could, I could do a Mark Buckingham podcast where I just you know gush. You should do, Vince. Hmm. You should go to the Why I Like Creator thread. Yeah. Why I Like Mark Buckingham. Well, there's my... Chris wanted to do this before. Why I Like Mark Buckingham. Oh, there you the, go. The guy commands my attention like no other. He has a Kirby-esque style of translating thought to image that is unquestionably 
him when I see it. When, when I see the, you know, Thor coming at you with the hammer in that Kirby style, very blocky and uh, don't take this the wrong way, but there's a certain level of unrefinement to Kirby's art. And that's what I liked about him the most was the way it just seemed so immediate and that's the way he wanted to do it. There was no Neil Adams-esque noodling to it or, you know, uh, like the classical idealized uh, human figure kirby was kirby i mean the, there was a lot he took a lot of liberties with anatomy only because that's the way he spoke on the page and I, and and mark buckingham is a lot more refined than jack in terms of figure drawing but he still has that that uh kirby-esque way of speaking that is unquestionably his there, there's a style to his graphic presence that i just I want to eat it. I want to rip the page out of the comic and eat it. That's how good it is. And and I I don't see that with with a I mean there I there's a couple pages from guys like Capullo or someone that I've licked, but I don't want to eat their pages like Buckingham. I, I I if if you ask me who's the one guy in comics that you wish you were as good as, it would be Mark Buckingham. Wow. Yeah. The, the man is a genius. Uh, there, there's very, very few artists I would put in the category with Buckingham. Maybe, maybe two or three tops. I mean, the guy's just phenomenal. He is. I love yeah. his Batman work. Yep. So that I, why I like Mark Buckingham. That's mine. Nicely done. Yeah. Well, uh, so you roll with it, Neesman. It's your baby. No, it's it's Woods. Well, no, you were the one who suggested it, so I think it's only fitting that you go. I suggested you guys do this tonight. Okay, uh, well, you no, guys. I, I, um, gosh, I, I can't. I can't think of anyone off the uh, Phil Hester. Why I like Phil oh, Hester? Really? Uh, that I would. Yeah. I would think. Wow. Go. I love Phil Hester, but go ahead. I would think it would be Greg Rucka. Why I like uh, Greg Rucka? Um, you know, I think we already um, know why. Because <laughs> he doesn't pull out. Greg, he has a rather restraining order. Oh, uh, you guys, Greg, Greg's fantastic, but he isn't the he isn't the double threat that Phil is. Uh, I, I, you know, I was I'm always skeptical. We were talking about like Finch and and you know, Tony Daniel. And, and, yeah, it, and Phil is one of my favorite cartoonists. I mean, he is. What that guy can do on a page, his ability to to tell stories visually, is is phenomenal. I mean, he he's really one of the best in the biz. And then whenever I saw that he was and even writing, gosh, it's 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 well over ten years now. Um, when I saw that he was writing, I was like, you know, okay, you know, really, it's you know another one of these you know artists want to wants to write, but man. He has turned into such a good writer to where I I don't know what Phil I like better. Whenever I heard that he was working on Godzilla, I was for a second almost disappointed that he wasn't writing it. And then I was like, no, but he'll kick ass drawing it. Uh, uh, Eric Powell writing, by the way. Uh, I, I think I think that Phil is one of the best, you know, dual threat creators in in comics and you know I, I i look forward to whatever he does you know whether it's you know putting you know putting pencil down on on page to draw or to or to write so you know i i 
that's why I love Phil Hester. It's uh, that, and you know what? Whether he's whether he's drawing comics or writing them, he knows how to have fun. Yep, Eric O'Grady, baby. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Eric O'Grady. But the anchor, I thought the anchor was yep. was yeah. a blast of a comic, and uh, and and one that uh, you know, unfortunately, just uh, you know, just met and and uh, early into it. But you know, anything that anything that Phil works on is either um, bone chillingly creepy. Or or over the fun. His darkness. I love his darkness, Ron. Agreed. Agreed. Hey, we lost Jason. No, did we? Yeah, this is not good. Let's get him back. How did that happen? I don't know. I don't like technical difficulties. Oh no he doesn't. (laughs) Phil Simmons C two too. Yeah, I think he's going he, to have to reboot. So, David, why don't you tell us why you like someone until uh, we get Jason back? Oh, man. Who do I like? Do I like anybody? Yeah, it's a stretch, but I think. Tell us why you love Matt Wagner. Come on. Oh, man. Uh, I like Actually, Matt I, I don't know why you love Matt Wagner so much. I'm actually interested in that. You don't have to, but that's my, that's my request. I, why I, like, I like Matt Wagner because it, primarily it was a right place, right time kind of thing. I... Just did, it, did it start with Grendel? Was it Mage? It, you know, it, was... it, it started with with Mage. It, uh, it started with I think issue maybe four or five of Mage, and it was just the whole the artist which drew me in at first, and 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 the characters and how it was just so different than what I would be picking up at the newsstand, and it was. Pretty much love at first sight, one sided love at first sight, and it was uh, you had this guy just writing and, and drawing this story, and and, uh, and because he wasn't so prolific, it was kind of easy to, to follow him around, and and I was kind of bummed when I found out he was only writing the Grendel. Going and uh, so that might have something to do with. My, I don't have a dislike for the Panda Brothers because you have to be insane to dislike the Panda Brothers. But I, part of me is just like, well, I couldn't happy to join this, but um, <laughs> but yeah, he did. Yeah, there was he, he drew he drew like sixteen and seventeen and the main that, that, the, and the two issues that he drew. I mean, I like yourself fell. Uh, <laughs> like, why could Bernie No, I fell head over heels for Grendel. Uh, pretty hard when it first came out, but the the two issues that really cemented my love for Matt Wagner for all time were the Harvey Kurtzman tribute issues, and that, they were sixteen and seventeen, okay. weren't they? Yep, yep, yeah. I think so. The, I, I thought, and then the the M with the 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 M W signature, that's my stamp of greatness. Whenever I see that, I know that's okay, cool. there's the image. That's I love it. that. it's it's solid. Um, it was his was a style that it wasn't so um. So I guess kinetic. I mean, they were just the lines that were on the page 
were all that needed to help tell the story. You know, this was, of course, in the days before all the cross-hatching anyway, and, and it was... I, get, I don't know if part of it was, let me find something that isn't from Marvel and DC. Here I am in, in this LCS, and let me let me find something that isn't that I can't get anywhere else. Because you could, even though it was Comico, you could still pick up the uh, the Robotech issues from the newsstand. Those were licensed and, and and went to the newsstands. But the the uh, the grand the, the main stuff not so much. So I was just I was looking for something that was not my typical comic book and and just the airbrushing i you know part of, as soon as i saw his his work i almost thought hey i could pick up an airbrush and do this and you still have to have a little bit of talent even if you're airbrushing and i'm glad i never spent any money on an airbrushing kit but it was just, which is probably why i was so disenchanted when when mage the hero defined came out because he wasn't airbrushed in. Uh, yeah. But it was still, it, it continued that story. I, I liked how, even though it was a, a, a different telling of, of King Arthur, it was, uh, you, you kind of knew that this was also personal and in a way it was autobiographical. Um, more so, I think, in the second series than in the first. But the how do you how do you think it holds up today? It's I was, I was actually trying to trying to turn someone off to Mage, and you know, first you know it's uh, twenty six years old, and, and I'm just like, yeah, you know, it all pretty much just read modern comics. I'm like, I don't know if they're gonna like this, but I was kind of telling them the the, the basics of it. And uh, as soon as I said, you know, it's a twist on, uh, you know, Arthurian legend, they really, you know, perked up. It's like, oh, that's awesome. Um, but I don't know. How, how do you think it holds up? I think it holds up. I don't think there's, there's any, because there aren't a lot of topical elements in it. It, it not every, You know, there's not you know, just, just a classical in, story. In, yeah, but even in like you know, just tone and, and dialogue, and you know what what I remember about Mage when it came out is that it felt so new and so fresh compared to anything else that was out there. And so I, you know, I I felt like it was it was definitely at the, at the forefront of what was going on. And so I think that gives it a little bit more shelf life. Now, no, it, it's, it's a product of the eighties and it's going to, it's going to show that and God, it's, you know, got how old is it now? 20, is it 20, 25 years. Probably more than that. Something like that. Yeah. You know, it's around 25 yeah. years old now. And so it's going to, it's going to show some cracks, but yeah, I think it, I, I reread the first, the first volume last year sometime and it's the hardest thing because I loved it. I loved reading it again. And, but in the same way that I loved reading Alien Legion. And you ask yourself like, am I really enjoying this because it's it's really good or am I enjoying it because it's pressing all the the right nostalgic buttons? Yeah, it's that's a tough call. I don't I don't really think there's a way 
to to discern between the two because you would have to almost erase your experience with it to to answer yeah. that question and you yeah, can't you do have that to repeat it again for the first time it, yeah. it's like how do you approach something like the beatles revolver with a fresh ear you can't yeah. because you've you've heard those things over and over and over for 40 however many years and you just can't do it and, yeah. but one of the things you mentioned and i'm not um pointing a finger at you but whenever i hear this or or encounter it like say on a message board it always kind of bugs me when someone's reads a vintage work like say and vintage meaning anything of any kind of uh where any kind of uh, length of time has passed since it was created like like say commandy or um mm -hmm. well i can't use commandy as an example because that was that's a special case um but like just say <laughs> no it's a special case because it that's a timeless book it's the the wrong choice to pick uh just like burns um x-men burn claremont x-men or sure. or or something of yeah, similar like, like like secret wars one where uh, even even um if that if came you, out if you, today if that came out today it would be laughed off the stands no but what i'm saying is whenever someone says you know the work feels dated that uh -huh. to me that's not fair i mean because you cannot because you can't expect you, you, you can do that. You can do that in any other media. If you, if, you can, if, you can, you can. If a, you, if a band came out and sounded like Nirvana circa 1991, or sounded like Violent Femmes, right? But see, that's a different so case you, because you it's contemporary. Say, yeah. That someone who sounds like an old band, a contemporary band that sounds like an old band, is is not what i'm talking about what i'm talking about is someone who goes and and uh, encounters a work that they've never read before something uh that has a, a bunch of miles underneath it it's been around for a long time and they say it feels dated that yeah. that drives me a little crazy because they're expecting uh -huh. th this piece of art to travel through the decades and meet them on their own playing field and that's not fair it, it's all because be, because right because the, the art can't do that it was created at a certain time it it exists as it is a vintage yeah, piece of work you know, but, but that you, you should like meet that. the art on its terms not not vice versa well no one goes yeah, no one looks yeah. at the mona lisa and says wow nobody dresses like that today no and because I, it's I, a couple I think hundred we need to rephrase it, it, it was like how does it compare to today's comics i, I don't know how yeah that well, that's fair yeah um that, you know but you know, i i go back and say i'll read um um uh, like silver age batman and right. and to stay with the same you know same tired um tired subject you know it's like it, it doesn't hold up to me but i'll read jonah hex or haunted tank or you know stuff that was written the same exact time and that stuff feels timeless to me because well, i think that they were they were written for different audiences right think, yeah it's and, and so, jonah hex especially was written in a manner that you are used to today because a lot of comics yeah. are written that way yep, but exactly. i don't i yeah i don't i don't think it's fair to dismiss a work so I think it's that, really more that, just comparing it to today's to today's writing style. Yeah, not yeah, but no, not style. you. I'm just saying a blanket. Like the the a lot of times I'll just encounter like oh, I didn't like it. It's just dated. Of course it's dated. It it, it, it wasn't created yesterday. And hey man, you, you those, have, those old EC comics are not 
terribly well written. Okay, I mean they they really live and breathe on the art. It's the yeah. the writing. Yeah. It, it's all exposition. You know. It's, well, it's, I would I would take the Kurtzman books out of that equation because they were well written. Like the two fisted tail stuff and the frontline combat. The yeah. stories that Kurt that that Kurtzman did. Yeah, those were damn well written. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, the majority no, of you know, good I mean, lord there's choke there's and all a, that there's stuff. Different between there's a difference between the core ideas and the concepts and the presentation and how well it's written. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's I mean that's really kind of two different things. This is really more Stal's um, subject. I mean he he really studies writing a lot more than I do. It's for me it's just kind of the eye test or the ear test. I guess is you know how does it sound? How does it look? And you know it's I mean we all we all know good writing whenever we read it. You know, or we hear it. You know, act it out. It's uh, explaining how or why it's good writing and something that's, that's a little different. So, yeah. And on the flip yeah. side, there there's a lot of people who encounter good writing who just don't key into what what uh, the popular opinion of what the author was trying to do, like Morrison stuff. A lot of people. Not a lot, but there's a there's a fair no, 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 sizable she, no, number of people the, out there that that encounter Morrison and and say well, this is shit. I, this is makes no sense. Yeah. To me. I don't, well, I don't understand know, how we'll, it's we'll written. About, I don't understand who it's written for. So, some, sometimes it is. But, um, don't you think that most of the time people just inherently know if something? God, I hope so. Inherently know that if something is well written. No, I don't. No, okay. That's the, does that explain Dan Brown? I guess. Dan Brown, uh, who is that? Is he a novelist? Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I've never Take read anything. Yes. But okay, it's, it's now, now say, say, uh, William Burroughs was a contemporary author. How many people mm -hmm. living today, you're, 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 Layman, your mainstream, not mainstream, but, but the, you would never see a William Burroughs book on an Oprah show. You know what I mean? He just does not write for anyone, or he never did write for anyone, but that doesn't mean that it's not good writing. It's just that a lot of people, for whatever reason, aren't gonna plug into that style of storytelling. Is that, that's the same problem Morrison had. Seems seems to have had not, not not so much now because he seems to be clicking with a lot of people. But but back in the day, you know, Invisibles and uh, Animal Man only had a, a, a very not small but a fraction of the audience he has yeah. today. I think yeah, and you're starting you you're a little bit. Okay. Um, honestly, you know, I, I look I look at what Morrison has done with Batman, and I I'm. I'm so in between on is it a brilliant work, is it a piece of, of trash, or is it some in between? And I don't know and read all of it in in kind of like one big dose, you know, kind of like a hundred ever know. So much of it that's tied together, and so many little hints and clues, and which is something I, I've really started to hate about comic books. If I hear seed planted for years, I'm gonna fucking blow my brains out. You're, um, you're breaking, you're breaking up a lot. Oh, I am. Yeah, you both are. I think we all. Let, let, I tell you what. Let, let's just, just stop for a second. Unless David wants to talk for a while, because. <laughs> this is up. I'm breaking up. Jason's gone, and 
Yeah. Uh, to to just to finish up and and finish answering your question, it's it's one of those things where there are artists and there are writers where I could probably go on and and explain why I'm drawn to them or, or why I want to seek out their work. But with Matt Wagner, I think it was just, it, it really was a situation where it, I met his work and it's just one of those things where I it just latched onto and haven't looked back. I have not, I still haven't read Zorro. There are some things that he's done that I haven't checked out, but for the most part, I anything he draws. I mean, hell, I, I bought the Trinity miniseries, which was okay, but um, it it was fun. It was, you know, I mean, as far as the first time meeting of of Batman and and Superman and Wonder Woman, and and he had Bizarro, and and I mean, it was it was fun. You're right, and it was, uh, and. I think one one of the only times he's done anything for Marvel I have, and that was the first issue of uh, Ultimate Marvel Team Up. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just I, I I appreciate him for Mage for Grendel for for those works that those are just Demon. two things that I am thankful for. I mean, it's it's one of the things I just. Love reading, love to have, love to know that they're out there. Yeah, the man does know magic. He's not. He's not just just you know puking stuff on the page, riffing on what he thinks magic should be or what you know. He does research, yep. as evidenced by Madame Xanadu. The man knows what he's talking about. If he doesn't know, he obviously researches it and fools us enough to the point where we think he knows. So that's good enough in my book. You know, uh, yeah, I got much respect for that writer, too. I feel like I should get one more call. Come on now, man. That's crazy, eh? Uh, nope. Shouldn't get another call. That's crazy. That's a terrible idea. I bought a printer the other day. The printer didn't work. No, but didn't. I, I didn't buy a printer the other day. That's crazy. I bought, a, I bought a bunch of streamers, and the streamers are done, and they're done, and they're hanging from my, the back of my printer. They're hanging from the back of my printer. No, they're not hanging from the back of my printer. That doesn't, I'm not, that doesn't make any sense. None of that makes any sense. None of that makes any sense at all. That's a crazy-ass uh, thought on that one. I don't even know, man. But I'll tell you what I did do. I did buy The Amazing Strong Head. Seems to be a pretty good hardcover. I don't know. Fuck, uh, Mike Mignola. Love his drawing. Could, we got about ten minutes. Can can I go back and, and talk about something that it's probably not going to make me <laughs> make me a whole lot of friends? And that's that's Grant Morrison. Okay, uh, go for it. I I can't really say don't take this the wrong way because a lot of people will. And and a lot of people in the business will probably find this demeaning, and this is not my intent by any means. But I think, Uh I think Grant Morrison is too damn good for mainstream comics. He's he's far he's far too accomplished a writer. Uh, He's got, as we all know, he's got huge ideas. He presents them in a way that is very unique, and. 
very experimental and cutting edge and does grant morrison does more for the medium than i think the medium does for grant morrison is what i'm saying i think that it's time that morrison follow the kirkman manifesto and get his ass out of dc and start creating stuff that not, not only he will reach a wider audience but i think he needs to start reaping uh, some reward from his books because I mean, yeah, you're working on Batman and, and I'm sure you're getting paid really well for it, but none of this shit that you're writing is yours. You, even if they do cut him in on a percentage of the trades or, or issues, whatever. Yeah, I think he made his money on Arkham Asylum. I yeah, I mean, but okay, and again, <laughs> I mean, it's Batman. Really, at the end of the day. If I were in his shoes, do I really want to be known for the guy that wrote Batman for like twenty years? But they're going well, to be, they're going to be harvesting those ideas for for years from now. I mean, Again, no. like I'm saying, he's doing more for comics than comics is doing for him. More, more. I mean, Morrison. Every every time he takes over a title, whether it's X Men or Batman or Superman or JLA or whatever, he he has this this insane ability to make as many lifelong fans and people that love his work as he does people that he pisses off and, and makes hate him. He's, I mean, he's easily the most polarizing writer that's active in comics today. So I, I have to agree with you on that. Yeah. You know, pe people, people love him or hate him. And I think that, People love. There's no middle ground with his work. You either love his work or you hate his work. Most of the time, um, you know. There's there's more some work that I that I hold up as some of the best. It's probably ever ever hit the page. And there's other more some work. I'm like, eh, yeah, okay. Um, I sometimes I think, and where maybe you're going. What I was trying to say a little bit earlier. So I don't always know if the the monthly you know ongoing mainstream comic is the best platform for his work batman has it's gotten a little out there at some points and that's a good thing just, it, well it, it's not that it's not a good thing it's that i don't know if it's the best platform for for him to express and get these ideas out, but they're like eighty different Batman titles any month. That's so. yeah. There's the problem. There's the problem, David. Is that it's now going across uh, several different titles, including Final Crisis and in Batman and Robin and Batman and now Batman Inc. And then you've got one shots, minis, and you know it's you need a fucking map to get a reading order together. Yeah. And then there are issues that came out that are, you know, that happen, you know, back like almost a year previously to try and get the whole story. So that that's that's what I was trying to say earlier is that you know I don't know if his Batman run has been brilliant or a piece of trash. I don't I don't know, and I don't know if I'll ever know unless I go back and read it all in some sort of comprehensive order. And ultimately, comic books shouldn't. Be that much fucking work. Well, but see, see, I think the point I'm trying to make is to, to take the old adage: uh, "Those who do not learn from the past are destined to repeat it." Morrison is infusing the DC universe with so many revolutionary ideas and concepts and characters. 
now if you if you know your comic history, there was another man who did that, uh, who who dumped all these family. No, of course not. Who dumped all these these ideas into this this communal conceptual pool, and later on in life he regretted it and tried to get some tried to get his piece from from all that work that he did, and it was just too damn late. And Jill came. No, I'm talking, of course, about Jack Kirby, and I think, I think, I think Morrison is following in the Kirby format, where he's he's giving away, realistically. I mean, he's getting paid for them, but a small fraction of what these ideas are worth. He's giving away these ideas yeah. to to. Jack was giving away his ideas. There really weren't too many alternatives available to him. He, oh. It was Marvel and DC, and and then eventually, okay, great, so. We had, but that's just the point. There are alternatives to there are now. now. So I, get the I, hell I, out. That's why I don't think it's it's fair to compare Grant and and Jack like but, that. No, no, you but, can't. But it's still the framework is exactly the same. You have two two see, brilliant men working within the con the constraints of mainstream comics for companies who part and parcel own everything you give them See, now whether I, or not there was alternatives to jack that's not the point the point was he he's he he set he he was a cartographer for the marvel universe and i think that 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 morrison is doing the same thing at dc now okay but why do you think this is what gets me about the whole pro kirkman manifesto why is it it, it seems to be that everybody who is for all the readers, all the fans that are for the Kirkman Manifesto and want their favorite creators to follow Robert Kirkman's plan. There's only a few that can do it. That think that every idea that the creators that are still working at Marvel and DC are giving away their best ideas. I don't think they're giving away their best ideas. They may be saving some things for their own work later on down the line. Why is it all or nothing with 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 people who are so for the manifesto, because if you, you, know, you, know you are going to, well, da David just said it. It's a personal decision by those creators whether they want to go down that road or not. And Morrison, if Morrison wanted to be off doing just creator own work, he would be. If he wanted to be doing Hollywood stuff, he would, and he is. He's working on some crazy ass movie. It's Mor Morrison will do Mahab whatever. <laughs> What? what? Cra crazy ass movie. Oh, Morrison, it, it's just, <laughs> just redundant. It's yeah, it's it's the the uh, Mahabharata, I think it's pronounced. It's what yeah, that that 120 days. Yeah, or 18 uh -huh. days. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> crazy ass. <laughs> oh, not true. Yeah. Uh, I think he, I think he wanted to do this Batman thing. Of course he wanted to do it, or he wouldn't be doing it. But, 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 it's uh, but, him, but it's it's not like just, that's the only thing he's doing. He's doing other stuff. You okay, but he, regardless, get back to what David said. Why he w maybe he's hiding why is it his all or nothing? maybe he's hiding his good ideas for himself. That's great. But you're still whether or not you know. Oh, so because because you're not you're not getting those ideas right now because he's too busy. No, that's not what I'm saying. He's he's still giving them ideas that they're going to run with for years, yeah, whether sure. the whether whether they're his best ideas or not, why not be compensated for those much more than you already are? Dude, okay, do you he think lives in a fucking Scottish castle. Do you He's think? been compensated. So, okay, so wait, do you think, do you think Ian Churchill is getting paid more for Marine Man or for royalties on the Hulk 
X-Force hardcover. Well, judging by the numbers, I don't know. I mean, it, it didn't sell. It didn't sell a huge amount, but I—that's no, I, a loaded I, question. Of course, he's not getting the same but, amount of but, money, but so, so, but so, he so, owns Marine Man. He yes, owns he it. But that's, that's his. That's why I brought this up before. So if Paul Cornell has this great idea for a character, a, a new character that he's introducing, and either in in action comics, and now this is going to be his character that that he created, but DC owns. Yeah, and that's, that's you never crazy. know if okay, but what if in twenty twenty five years from now this character that he creates ends up being the main character in whatever blackest night event going on twenty twenty five years from now. And and but it's his character that he created and now he's adding to DC's history. He's now if if he went and he created is. if he created that for his own book, when he passes on, when he leaves this mortal coil, what's gonna happen with that character? Is anything going to happen with it? Is anybody else going to be able to write Paul Cornell's character once he's gone? But at least his character lived on, lives on. That doesn't it, put money in the bank. But it, but sometimes someone just wants to make their mark and and just. I'm I, I, I understand. That. I think that's very that's that's noble. It's wonderful that you have a dream that you want to work in comics. You, I, I grew up. As a, not me, I'm I'm doing a character. But I, think I, I grew, you know, I grew up or anybody not. It, for Robert Kirkman or anybody not working in comics to say it's silly for you to do that. It it's silly to the point where if you are a personality that has gained a sizable reputation as being a bankable commodity where you create consistently over a period of time works that find an audience and that have have gained accolades not only uh critically but but monetarily you know you're generating money for this company and and you're investing all this creative time and energy into these things if you continue to do that after you've and I'm using it in quotes after you've become a star you're crazy that's what Kirkman's saying and I, I totally agree with him working in mainstream comics is is awesome but if you're just going to take these great ideas and give them away when you're at the point where you can be making them for yourself that's nuts it's it uh, to me it just doesn't make any sense and and I I know you love mainstream comics and that's great I do too to a certain point but it's <laughs> it, it, no it's it's foolish to give this stuff away don't you think I don't, I, I I see where you're coming from and and my love of mainstream comics I don't I don't know how that applies but it's it does apply it's okay I mean you know, I, I think it does because I love you like a brother but you wear your love on your sleeve. And you and you love, love the Marvel I love universe. I love I love my superheroes. And you I'm do. Not, if if so, if if Grant Morrison decided to go and not write Batman, somebody else would. And I right, but that's Batman not the point. The point Batman. is, you feel like Kirkman by saying this has besmirched mainstream no. comics as as a as kind of like a has like a, a no, sweatshop I type didn't industry. Care for his mainstream comics, so for him to leave, but it it's not. To, but no, no, no. But See, I, but, no, it doesn't have to do with Kirkman. It has to do with the, the ideas Kirkman was sending out there. That if if you continue to work in mainstream comics and you are a bankable commodity, get the hell out. And you're like, well, what what's wrong with mainstream comics? I know how you think. No, it's. it's See, I'm sorry. I I just I. I know what you're saying. I don't, and maybe because I don't want to see it, or I don't. I, I just, it doesn't matter who would have said it, whether Kirkman said it or anybody else. I don't think I would still I, just either let them do what they want to do, or if I also think that if somebody has this great idea for 
a Spider-Man comic. They can either go and make their own, and now it's a Spider-Man knockoff, and everybody's going to know that, or they can just go and write their Spider-Man story. And if that's right. what they're doing, if they're in it out, like I think it was, um, I think it was, it was Lapham wrote a a a, uh, a Spider-Man miniseries. I think Tony Harris illustrated it. But it, you know, so everybody's got. They all want to do most it people, at one point most in their life. Have have that one Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, whatever story in them, and they can get it out and move on, and then they can go and do their own thing. But just this, and th- let me get Chris. I don't know who's going. Yeah, he got bounced. Damn, what the hell's going on? I don't know. It's, I don't hope, hope it's not me. It's I don't think it's me because Jason did not reconnect. Like I don't see his name in the in the is. If, uh, like the wind or something knocked him out. I don't know. Chris isn't isn't connecting at all either. So we're gonna have to end this episode ourselves. Oh man, that, that's okay. Yeah, it's all internet right. is down. Sign off if you haven't already. Who said that? Jason just sent me a tweet. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I I, I completely understand where you're coming from, and I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I, I, I get it. It's you know, I just think that people should. Be a, be horse. I mean, in this in this economic climate, I, just, I want I want people to be to be happy. And if if they're happy making their creator own work and and writing and showing that and and producing and publishing or whatever, if that's what makes them happy, that's super. If they're happier writing a Wonder Woman story, that's fantastic too. That's I great. You know, I just I want to, well I know we won't read it, but still you know <laughs> or me, but then. <laughs> The Wonder Woman fans, all all two of them on on the board, would be like, "Hey, don't be busting!" Well, you know, Michelle Hester coming on, maybe more fans will. Maybe I'm the, sure they will. will get more readers, yeah, but I, sure I just I just want people to be happy. I don't I don't want it to be an all or nothing thing. I again, I don't. It doesn't matter who wrote who said this manifesto. I know I have you know whatever. You have issues gets. with Kirkman too, but that's so, okay. You know, people could say that, but it's it's just one of those <laughs> people. things. Whether or not whether or not oh, it's a mainstream thing, it's got nothing to do with that, really. I, I think swear it does. I think it does. I don't. I don't. Your wife? <laughs> what? Nothing. So I just you know we'll, we'll move on and and oh, we'll already. you know do do the in your travels thing. This episode, this odd episode of 11 O'Clock awesome. Comics has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com where you can get your favorite funny books and collectibles at huge Wamba discounts. 35 all the way up. Look at my fingers walking to 75% off their certain, their uh, spotlighted specials. And they have great shipping. Really speedy, really secure. They, they pack with love and care and foam. And you just gotta love them. DCBService.com in your travels. All right. It was a one shot. Came out maybe a month ago, I want to say, uh, from a publisher called Monsterverse. And, uh, the, uh, driving force behind this publishing company and, and, uh, single issue is Carrie Gamble. He's the publisher. Oh my God. Yes, he's the publisher. Kerry Gamble, publisher and editor in chief. It's a comic called Bella Lugosi's Tales from the Grave. It was four ninety nine, but it's extra. Th- it's extra thick, and I gotta tell you, it is gorgeous. It it conjures up all those ghosts from the Bronze Age, like like uh, very few books I've encountered. It's amazingly well done. All well, not all of them, but most of them are v- vintage looking. 
horror stories, obviously with Bela Lugosi in the, in the, uh, as the horror host, which introduces the stories and, uh, delivers the punchline at the end. It's fantastic. I was totally taken aback by this issue. It's amazing. It's got a back cover by Bruce Tim. Um, there's lots of, uh, there's text pieces in here. Um, and I gotta say, if you, if you didn't, there, there's a character called Nosferina in the, in the Vampirella kind of mold. Sexy as hell. But it, I mean, it's, it's sexy, but I think it's, this book can be read by all ages. There, there are, there's a lot of cheesecake in it, but it, that's appropriate for the, the subject matter. Uh, it, it's, it's done with a lot of love and I was extremely impressed by, by this. Um, go get it. Bell Lugosi's Tales from the Grave from That's Monsterverse cool. number one. And the cover, at least on the copy I got, was painted by Basil Gogos. Do you know who that is? I do, but I'm not, I'm drawing blank right now. Basil Gogos was the longtime cover illustrator for Forey's famous Monsters of Filmland. He has an unbelievable knack at capturing uh, the subject matter, unlike unlike anyone. Uh, yeah, his his uh, renditions of uh, Bela Lugosi and and Karloff and just all those covers from um, Famous Monsters—they're all brilliant. And uh, I don't know—they got him to do this. Amazing! Go get That's it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll have to check it out in your travels. Watch because the season just started. We had the premiere. One hour event, I think the Thanksgiving weekend, and last Friday, the season officially started by re-airing the premiere hour special. The first half was on last Friday, the second half will be this Friday, and a week from Friday, I believe, the season will start with the new episodes, Young Justice on the Cartoon Network. Ooh. And I am ordering the... And this is solely because of Mike Norton. I am ordering the Young Justice comic book that connects. Nort- the- Norton's drawing that. Norton is drawing that, and and it's uh, it's based on the new cartoon. But um, it is it. I know. I think we were going to try to talk about that and Fire Breather and Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes last year when when the. the these specials were coming out and we we haven't yet but uh definitely check out young justice it's um it's it's cool i really really am enjoying it and there's 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 a line of course connected to the bat just for events that um when when it it, it starts off with, with mr freeze attacking people and at gotham park and um and robin shows up and, and takes him down and, and when he starts to beat on Mr. Freeze, he's like, oh, okay, well, so the bat sent you and and Robin replies, you know, well, can you hurry this thing up? I got places to be and, and, and Mr. Freeze is like, what the hell are you talking about? And and, and Robin just kind of says under his breath and his cracks from the up all the time where he's just like, wasn't talking to you and every time, <laughs> I keep rewinding that and she just creeps like peeing her pants so it's nice. it's, uh, it's it's well written, it's, it's um, Guardians in it, dude. Double X is in it. It takes place at Cadmus at the beginning. Oh, uh, don't no, don't tell me that. I am, dude, because it's, it's it. good stuff. It's, ah, cool. You'll Maybe like I it. will. Maybe I will. Yeah, you should. It's a who, who created Double X and Guardian? I well, Guardian, you know, right? But I I don't know if if Double X goes back 
to the Kirby days or if that's yeah. a, a Jurgens yeah. thing. So uh, it's Kirby. It's gotta be. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do Chris's because he's not here. In, in your in your travels, read Tarot, Witch of the Black Rose. Because it's really good. <laughs> it's so wrong. And I love it. I'll do I'll do Jason's. Okay. In your travels. Prison pit. <laughs> Very nice. Fastest. Yeah, I don't think he liked it. <laughs> I still have it right here. I got to read it. I got a couple of other things to get uh, off. Johnny it. Ryan's fucked up. He it, really it really is, is dude. Yeah. I just started flipping through the first couple. You got to love like, that. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, it's raw. It's raw. All right, everybody. <laughs> for Chris and for Jason, then, uh, well, you got the two the of other us guy. now. Yeah. Th- thank you for being here, the other guy. And uh, we will be back with you next week. Same bat time, going with the, the riff of this episode, same bat channel. So come on Hopefully back. Hopefully with more hosts next week. We'll, we'll try yep. to fit. Oh, well, yeah, because we got the, yeah, it would be really, really shitty 11 o'clock. Just doing <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> Woo! So wait, well, I'd, have, I'd read what, off the document the spreadsheet they get. Like that, so. yeah. What'd you put for the next one, David? <laughs> <laughs> I know what you pick. Uh, uh, good stuff. Yeah. Thanks. We'll good see you later, there. people. We love you. Say bye, baby. Ending, and we're ending it now. It's not like we're not saying goodbye and I'm going to talk about that. Because there's nothing, uh, nothing happened this week that we can bitch about. Nobody did any interviews. So. Respect, DC. Respect. Yeah. See you next week, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.